This city is alive on 97.3. City 97.3. Accra. A don dawso is don kobe time. One place, place, one the magic bell is out and it's transfer deadline day um there isn't a lot happening in terms of deals that could potentially go through but we'll keep an eye on those ones as well in terms of deals that could happen let me just um enlighten you a little but before we do any of that my name is benjamin inketia and you um the listeners out there will be treated to two hours of transfer related stuff depending on what happens my just Go into time added on. But Evans Ofochu Manso is here. Pichichi. Pichichi. Oh, Charlie. Pichichi. Oh, Charlie. Thank you, my brother. Susu Graham is here. What's up, blood? Right here, right here. Thank you very much. Rita Menta is here. What's up? Hi. <laughs> Nathan Kwa will be joining us via phone. And Coach Nimli will be joining us via phone as well. And then we'll try and go to England. Speak to an Arsenal insider on what exactly has been going on with the Gunners. Let's go. And their transfer window. You, of course, listening to us from home, from wherever it is you are. 0549. 986996 0549 so like I said Top deals yet to be completed Enzo Fernandez From Benfica to Chelsea Chelsea have done everything possible Rui Costa says that he's not budging You know Chelsea want to pay in tots Or what you call in tranches So they want to do it over 5 years Benfica wants their money in 2 years In 3 installments So that's what's holding that up We'll be getting you some um, highlights on that Hakim Ziyech From Chelsea to PSG That's a deal that could happen tonight as well We'll be keeping an eye on that Ghana's own Kamal Din Sulemana He's been generating a lot of conversation today Interest from RB Leipzig Interest from Everton 
the word is that he has chosen <laughs> to head to Southampton Football Club. Yes. That's a deal that has not been completed yet. We'll be keeping an eye on that one as well. And then it was what, 48 hours ago when we heard that Andrea Yu had terminated his contract with Al Saad Football Club. Well, the news is that Andrea Yu is eyeing a move back to Europe. Possible Everton on the cards. Yes, Andrea Yu is a proven goal scorer. His numbers say it all. He looks like in the twilight of his career, he wants to show, prove his fitness. There's an Afghan on the horizon, so there's a lot to discuss. But to begin the show so far, and then we'll get into a lot of other stuff as well. Rita, Pichichi, and Susu, all welcome to the show. Let's let's get into it real quick. And so um, we have a top ten list. So um, top of the list is Antoine Semenyo. He's the biggest Ghanaian transfer to have happened in this particular window. Bristol City to AFC Bournemouth permanent transfer. 10.5 or 10.25 million euros that's a lot of money um i remember we debated this exactly. on, on panorama real quick yeah. Pichichi, I, I don't remember exactly what your stance well, was my, but just my, snap thoughts yeah. on him my stance on his move to bournemouth was that i would have preferred him to go to crystal palace but bournemouth showed that they wanted him more they made close to three bids for him yeah. first to reject it and he had the money eventually. But I, I feel that, yes, at Bournemouth, he might get enough playing time. But also at Crystal Palace, the quality of teammates there would try to bring the best out of him. Because I, I felt that the likes of Olise, the likes of Eze, mm-hmm. would force the best of Semenyo. But yes, Crystal Palace bid was very late in that regard. And for me, Bournemouth showed that they needed him more. They wanted him badly. So for for someone who was so keen of play of, of playing in the uh, English Premier League, it was just prudent that he chose the Bournemouth deal. And I think that yes, that's what he wanted to play in the English Premier League. He wants to uh, to roll shoulders to the big boys, and it's a huge chance for such a player. I think that he has one of the uh, best qualities to do well in the English Premier League. I like how he's able to hold on to play uh, his wing play as well. He's a very top player. How he cuts in and his finishing. He's a very, very good player and he's done so in the championship. And as every human being, you want to go further in your career. So after what I call he doing so well in the championship or he trying to um, show his mettle in the championship, it's just prudent that he, he will find the interest of playing in the Premier League. He's there now for Bournemouth. And as to how he starts for them is very key because there's a team that will be in the relegation fight, whether we like it or yes, Bournemouth are not that happy in terms of uh, performances. So he's going to a team that will be under so much pressure as the season progresses. All he has to do is try to get them enough goals as possible. They'll rely not just on his goals, but also his teammates in terms of the assists he provides for them as well because they will need all this in their battle to survive in the English Premier League. And it's a good move for a player in that regard. For me, I think that one thing that he also has to do is to try and settle in quickly. This is quite interesting because we've seen players come into uh, such teams and they need some time to settle in and all that. Dominic Solanke is still trying to settle in. Exactly, but I I doubt the fans of Bournemouth will give Samanyo that time to settle in because they need his goals now, they need Mm. the assist now and that's the sort of pressure that will be on him to try and fit in as soon as possible and get them going. But Mm. it's a good move. I I don't commit it half 
because I thought Crystal Palace was a better option. But he's at Bournemouth, so I, I would say I, I wish him the best, and I know that he's going to um, show them what he's made of. But um, Temenyo is a good, it's a good signing for mm. Bournemouth. Good signing. Nathan Kwao has joined us on the line. Hi, Nathan. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Wonderful, wonderful stuff. It's good to hear from you. Just, just hang in there for a second. I'm going to come to you for a few opinions. We are um, currently just going through the top 10 transfers or Ghanaian transfers that have happened this window. I'll get your thoughts in a bit. Let me take Susu Graham's thoughts on Elisha Owusu. So Elisha Owusu has also moved, for those of you who don't know. Uh, he was playing his football in Ghent in the Belgian Jupiler League. He's now moved to AJ Auxerre to join Gideon Mensah. So, so just quick thoughts on this one. Not a, a move that went under the radar for a lot of people. Uh, it's an undisclosed fee, but it looks like he was comfortable at Ghent. Does this Auxerre move signal an upgrade, or you think this is possibly a downgrade for him? Well, there's two things for me about the Auxerre move. And it's something that it relates to the Semenyo move and the Kamaldin move. It's a similar move. You are moving to a higher level. But the higher level you are moving to, you are moving to a relegation threatening team. Because as it stands right now, after 20 games, Oxley have 13 points. And they are 5 points from safety. So you are wondering to yourself, even if Elisha Wusu plays and he performs well, what's going to happen to him if Oxley cannot get out of the relegation zone? Is the rest of the team good enough to survive? So... I'm happy for him that he's now playing in one of Euro's top five leagues. He's made the step up. I mean, he played in France for years, so he knows the league already. So it's not like it's a new environment for him. Mm. But I wonder about the quality of his teammates at Auxerre. Can they make their step up? Can they actually get him to the level he needs to get at Mm. to stay in the league? You know, because he's one player. He can't do it all. So that's the part of the transfer that bothers me. It's the same can we say we apply to Semenyo and Mm -hmm. uh, Kamaldin when we get we talk about them. So when you make these moves where you move to a higher level, but the team you are moving to in a better league Mm -hmm. is relegation threatened. Hmm. You might be back to square one because I would playing in the Belgian Pro League is definitely better than playing in League Two, right? Or playing in, oh yes, any day. Or playing any in day. league uh, is better than playing in the championship. Yeah. You might be making more money, but your professional prospects have gone down because of the level you are. Mm. And these are and these are national team players, yeah. so it affects their standing in the black stars. I know that at least we've been we've not been we've not been averse to calling players from the championship to the black stars. Mm-hmm. So the players like Semenyo and Kamaladin, if they drop to the championship, I'm not worried for, for their black stars prospect. But I would be worried for Elisha Usu if he goes to League 2. And the same goes for Gideon Mensah, who's also with him at Oxe. Because mm-hmm. Oxe is not doing too well. So that is, a, is an issue for me. Mm-hmm. The that I'm happy they've made their step up. But will Oxe have enough in their tank? And remember, four teams are getting relegated in France this year because they are trimming their league from mm-hmm. 20 teams to 18, starting from next year. So they are relegating mm-hmm. four teams. Mm-hmm. So this season, 17th is not enough. This doesn't look tasty at all. Yeah, you have to be 16th. And Mm -hmm. the team that's 16th is five points ahead of Oxia, as we speak, with halfway through the season. And the team that's collected 13 points from 20 games is going to be tough. That five points is a huge gap if that's the amount of points they collected after 13 games. So Mm. I'm a bit worried, but I'm happy for him for increasing his level. Mm. But we'll see how it goes. Maybe he has a release clause in his contract in the event of relegation, so he'll be able to get out. But... That part of the transfer worries me. 
Mm. Let me get to Nathan real quick on one transfer that I think I find interesting. Edmond Addo. He, he, he had a weird transfer, um, merry-go-round. So it looked like he was heading to Red Star Belgrade. Um, we saw him in pictures with Red Star, a Red Star jersey. It didn't material. He eventually went back to Sharif Tiraspol. Now he's moved to F, FK Spartak Subotica. Now Subotica is in the Serbian top flight. Um, it's a permanent transfer, but Nathan, I mean, if you, if you look at Edward's trajectory, over the past couple of years, Black Stars, um, Champions League with Sheriff, and then to to miss out on a Red Star Belgrade move and to end up with Subotica in the Serbian top flight. What do you make of that transfer, first of all, and are you happy with how it's going for the young man? Um, no, I'm, I'm not happy at all with how his career has played out because after starting well for Sheriff, we all thought the next move, I personally thought he was on his way to, to Italy or you know, a league of, of a bigger profile. And and it's quite surprising that um, it has played out like this. I thought that the Red Star move would, would play out well. It didn't. He had to go in a different direction. It's puzzling how that has not worked for him. I don't know whether it is a lack of application or maybe, you know, the transfer dynamics have not favoured him. But I thought he would be at a far better place than Sheriff a few years after he burst onto the scene, a few years after we all recognized the kind of talent he had and the potential he had. So I'm quite surprised that it, it played out like this. I don't know the reasons behind this eventual um, landing landing bit for him or where, where he's gone to. I'm, I'm quite surprised because I know that the people in his camp are very um, good people. They, are, they have great intentions. They would have wanted better. I don't know what happened along the line, but... It's a it's a pass that I look at and it's not too pleasing. You thought you you know we all thought that we'll see him do better, but let's see. Maybe some of these things happen. Players can reset and come mm. back strongly. So I, I hope that he will bounce back strongly because you've seen players move from these kinds of leagues to big things. He has to apply himself. And to be honest, the few times we have seen him play post or just when he got into the Black Stars and after that spell, he's not played too well either for, for club or country. So he will have to start to show better form, better performances, so that he can get a bigger chance to move up the ladder and play in a, in a more prominent league. Nathan, let, let me just hold you to another transfer that is not currently on my list, but it's on the list of anticipated transfers for tonight. It's basically Andrea Ayew's terminated move from outside. <laughs> I mean, he terminated his contract with outside. I found it strange, but I quickly thought that Look, maybe he's looking at his numbers and says that I can have another crack at Europe with these my numbers. And now Lekip is reporting that Andre is in talks with Everton as we currently speak. How much of a shocker is that for you? And how do you think this transfer will possibly play out looking at the stage in which Andre is in his career? I think, you know, when, when we talk about this transfer, you have to look at the two entities, Andrea, you as a player and Everton as a club. The decision to leave outside surprised me because, I mean, nobody knew that he was thinking about that. Nobody saw that coming and then boom, we all get hit. And then there's this talk of Everton. I rather look at it more from an Everton perspective than from an Andrea U perspective. He has left outside. I'm sure his handlers may have sounded out a few clubs in Europe. I'm sure some interest was there. That's why he decided to cut up his contract and leave. But for Everton, you look at their situation and if you understand 
the concept in which the club is operating now. They just fired my grandpad. They brought in Sean Dice. The fans are on the next of the board members. A few weeks ago, board members were physically threatened. Some have not gone back to watch Everton games. The fans need something. They need to see that Moshiri and his friends are running the club in a good way. They need something to boost their confidence. And I think that the Everton board is just reacting. They are trying to get anybody in just to make the fans happy. Andrea even calls them an arm and a leg in terms of the fact that he doesn't come with a transfer fee. They'll work out the wage. I'm sure Andrea will settle for a decent wage if the Premier League's profile is big enough. And I'm sure um, he will look at it and say more eyes will watch. So maybe he'll trade that off for, for some money. I, like I said, it's, it's a bit more on Everton and what it is they are trying to do. I suspect they are just reacting to fan impatience, fan turbulence. People are signing. They have to sign somebody. Um, because I, I look at Andre as, as a player and I'm asking myself, the legs aren't there. Now, what will Sean Dyche do? Will he deploy him as a forward? Will he, where, where is he going to play Andre? Because if you look at all other positions, they seem to be there. He can't play in the wide area. He's not as quick as, um, uh, Demare Gray. Um, if you look at Alex Iwobi, he has now become um, a central midfielder or a number 10. He's doing very well in that role. And if you look at the kinds of players that are at Everton, you wonder where Andrea Yu will fit. They've lost Anthony Gordon, but Andrea Yu and Anthony Gordon are on opposite sides of the age pyramid. So I don't know why they are doing this deal, but I suspect it's a reaction to some turbulence. They want to bring somebody in, and so they have found somebody they would want to bring in at no cost. It only cost them wages, and it's between now and the end of the season. So they can work out the mass and cover that. But I wonder what, what pressing need he is going to to attend to or try and solve for them. You know, you can argue and say they need goals. Yeah, Andrea has 22 in 39, but that's for our side. How much of it, how much of those can he give everything as he tries to fight for relegation? So, it's a bit of a strange transfer, but if you if you look at it from an Everton perspective, I think they are just rolling the dice to see if they can get somebody in, somebody with some experience to guide them through this very difficult path they are in right now. They are close to the bottom of the Premier League and they need to get going very quickly or else it will be bye-bye Premier League and hello championship at the end of the season. Okay. Um, let me just announce the text, WhatsApp and Telegram lines again. 0549. 986-996-0549-986-996. Rita, let me just take your thoughts on the Andrea Yu issue. Nathan just um, shed some light on it, on what could possibly have been going through Everton's mind. What, what do you think this is all about? Do you think that if this deal actually goes through, he'll get playing time? This could actually work to an extent? Um, I, I think so, because Everton are currently struggling um, for goals in the Premier League, and I know a lot of Ghanaians or a lot of people don't see Andrea Yu as, you know, the ideal um, person when you're looking for a striker or someone to put in the goals. But Ayu is actually, a, a, he's a good goal scorer when you need him. So I think they are looking for a temporary fix. Um, maybe someone that can, you know, um, help them put in the goals because that's one thing they're really struggling with. Their top with. goal scorer this season has three goals. Yes. Demarai Gray and departed Anthony Gordon. Three goals each. Yeah, and, and Andrea, you played um, 38 games for our side and scored 22 goals. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good uh, um, goal scoring record. And of course, someone will say, oh, but um, the Qatari it's League is not you know, league, yeah. as competitive as the Premier League. But 
Andre Ayu is, is a proven goal scorer. He, mm-hmm. once you put him in the right spot, he's going to get you a goal. So I think the, the move to Everton will not be a bad one. Um, but I don't know if it is necessarily something they need at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at his age, the Premier League is very physical and he's grown past that, mm-hmm. um, um, stage. Andre Ayu is no longer. He's what, 33 now? Yes, he's, he can't, he's not, he doesn't have, that's um, energy. He doesn't have that physical strength for the Premier League at this point in time. So I don't know if that move is, is going to work out for him unless they are just going to put him in the middle and say, hey, you be here, you're a target man, cross the ball to him, pass the ball to him, mm-hmm. let him put the ball in the back of the net. But the Premier League is not as simple as that. Hmm. And so I don't know if that move is going to necessarily work, but I could see it happening. Hmm. And I won't, I won't be shocked if it eventually happens because they are desperate. They are, they are, they are yeah. trying this to find... This is definitely desperation yeah. time for yeah, They are trying to find ways and means to, you know, put themselves in a good position to remain in the league. At this point, they need every help they can get. So I won't yeah. be surprised if they eventually, um, if the deal goes through and then they decide hmm. to, to, to get him um, in the team. Well, when Andrea, you moved to the Premier League first, I believe he was 24 years old. Let me just go through his numbers uh, from the, his time in the Premier League and also the Championship, just so we are all clear on what's going on. So he moved from Marseille to Swansea City. In his first season, um, I believe he scored um, 12 goals. Yes, he scored 12 goals in his first season with Swansea City. And then he moved to West Ham and he scored 6 goals the next season in 25 appearances and then he made 18 appearances and scored three goals and then he moved on um to fenerbahce um he made 29 appearances he scored five goals and then came back to join swansea in the championship and that's when he really exploded um that season he scored a truckload of goals in those seasons he scored um 17 goals and 16 goals respectively in the two seasons with swansea so I, I wouldn't say he's a bona fide goal scorer, but he knows how to carry his way around the Premier League and the Championship pretty well. So, Andrea, you will be keeping an eye out for that one if it does happen. Just, just quick thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. My, my quick thoughts on that, Andrea, you move is that for Everton, I think that they looked at two key things here, and Andrea, you suited it to the profile. One, someone who has experience in the English Premier League. And someone who will join, who join the club on a free transfer. And Andre offers the two. <laughs> yes, as simple as that. Yep. He has played in the Premier League. Yeah, he played 89 games for West Ham and Swansea, scoring 21 goals, which is quite a good um, feedback from such a, a player. And as such, looking at what he did for Swansea and, um, and West Ham, and that at the moment he's without a club. I think Everton thought of all the situation and felt like, see, this is our man. At the moment, we are likely to be in a hot relegation fight. And if you have somebody like this who is a free agent, let's yeah. try and then rope him, him in alongside a new manager. And for Andre, yes, Nathan highlighted the fact that he has lost his leg. So, obviously, on the wings, it will not be the best for him to play. But I feel that Andre Ayu in the penalty box is mm. one of the lethal forwards you can ever get mm. in the Premier League. He mm. knows how to score with his head very well. He's a good header of the ball. And he always finds himself at the right position. So, I think Everton have weighed their options and felt that this is a good player for us. Mm. He, he will bring in what we want. Somebody who has that experience and somebody who's not going to cost us so much you know how financially tough it is for um, um, 
their owner at the moment. So they will not want to splash lots of cash yeah. on players. And Andre, at the moment, Charlie, he's there, he, 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 everything about him now suits Everton. So they will yeah. love to uh, tie up a deal with him if only he, he likes the deal <laughs> as well. I know people um, some few days ago sort of linked him to Barcelona. Please. please <laughs> <that>. <laughs> no, you see, I don't blame them. There was a point where Kevin Prince Boateng came yeah. from nowhere and came to play for Barca. Because, because Xavi commented on his yeah. picture. Yeah. I, I understand where they're coming from, but Andre to Barca will be quite uh, difficult. I feel that it, in the Premier League, Everton is a good fit for him mm. at the moment. But if not, I think the Swansea fans are also clamoring for him to come back. But I feel that between Swansea now yeah. and Everton, it, it's a good one for him to join the the toughies. Mm. He can be their, 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 their missing parcel to fight the relegation battle. I think he, he'll, he'll be a good fit for them. Hmm. Andrea, you to Everton. Let's see if it eventually gets done. Tariq Fosu, he's lost his way a little. Um, Brentford, he's been loaned out to Rotterdam. Uh, it's not going too well for Tariq Fosu. It just, just, just quick thoughts on the young man. He, he was in the Black Stars at a point. Exactly. Our first choice right back. Yeah. I, I believe his problem came when Brentford were promoted. And I believe mm-hmm. they kind of indicated that he was unlikely to get game time. And he said no, he'll try and stay and fight for his place. And it didn't work out. Mm. Because from what I know about, what's the name? Rotherham? Rotherham. Rotherham. They are either at the bottom of the championship or in League One. Mm-hmm. And I believe there were probably championship clubs who wanted him at that point. Look at someone like Albert Adroma. Mm. Very regularly, when his teams get promoted, what's the next thing? They sell him. Yeah. Because it looks like a lot of teams have decided that that's his level. He can get into the Premier League, but he might not be able to uh, contribute in the Premier League. And mm-hmm. it's a thing. The, um, you know, if you look at other countries, this in Serie B, there's these strikers that everyone knows that in Serie B, they'll get 20 goals. Mm-hmm. You bring them to Syria, they'll get two. So if you are trying to get promotion, you buy them for the season, you get your 20 yeah. goals, you sell them to the next guy, yeah. and they get their 20 goals, and it goes like that. So I don't think it's a knock on you if your level is a championship. It's still one of the best... Look, if we're... One of the rank, best leagues in the yeah, world. It's probably what, still in the top 20, top, top, 50, top 15 leagues in the yeah. world. It's, it's a very high level, even though it's a second tier. But I feel like because of the allure of the Premier League is just within reach. Mm-hmm. You feel like you can test yourself and it doesn't always work out. So mm. I believe that when they were promoted, when it seemed that there wasn't a chance for him to kind of get game time, that's when you should have looked for a move. I think he's left it a bit too long and his stock has dipped a lot. Mm. I can just check where Rotherham... Rotherham. 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 Yeah. <laughs> easy. Yeah, easy with that. While you check Rotherham mm-hmm. out, let's talk about Latif Atta Blessing. Yeah, so, so, they are st- yeah. so they're in the championship, championship. show. Mm. So but, Latif, they are, but they are 20th of 24 Wow So it's, it's not it's Struggle not ideal it's, it's about to be a struggle Pichich, just quick thoughts on Latif Latif is moved from Los Angeles FC to New England Revolution Permanent transfer 379,000 euros Now, Latif established himself as an LAFC fan favorite Before he made a move um, Are you surprised at the career trajectory? Well, I I, I thought for such a player with uh, such brilliance Um after some years in the major leagues, uh, major um, league soccer, he would try to come focus, to come to Europe. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I was thinking. But I think he's found more sort of um, love in the USA mm-hmm. and wants to stay there. I enjoyed his time in the um, local league where he was flamboyant for Liberty Professionals. He was just tormenting defenders here and there. And uh, for me, I think 
one thing that this offers for him is that he gets to um, show what he, he can do more in the Major League Soccer. And uh, we know his quality, so uh, obviously. I, 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 I see this move as just um, a relaunch of what he's, he's doing in the USA. And I'll be glad if, after all this, he gets that opportunity to play in Europe. That's the, that would be the highlight of his career, to see him mm. playing in, in, in the major European leagues week in, week out. He's a very fantastic player. And uh, yes, he's trying his, his best in the USA. He's given his all. But in summary, he needs to wrap this up quickly and come to Europe. Mm. Wrap it up and come to Europe. Let me, let me go to Nathan, if Nathan is still on the line. Hello, Nathan. I'm here. Nice one. Let's talk about Kwame Pepra. So he seems to be having some quite the time in South Africa. So he was unhappy um, following his first season. It was pretty decent. He's moved from Orlando Paris to Maritzburg United, a reverse of what Richard Ofori did a couple of years back. Don't commit the move or not. Um, I will. I, I mean, I, I will. Don't commit the move. He's not leaving the PSL. Um, I thought he would have had an extended run at Orlando Paris. Orlando Paris themselves have been going through a bit of the, the, the motions. They, they fired their coach a few months ago. They've had a new coach. They, it's been a tough time. They thought they could challenge for the title. They're falling off. They started winning recently. They won their last three straight games, if I believe. Um, and so, they, like I said, they've gone through a bit of a, a, a turbulent time. So they've had to reshuffle the team. And it's Kwame Pepper who has... Um, who didn't get the luck of the draw and, and he's been shipped out to Maritzburg. I mean, once he's alone, I think that what he can do is, is show the form or show the kind of ability that got him noticed in the first place and then fight his way back. But I look at Kwame Pepe's example and it just adds to the long line of Ghanaian footballers who struggle to, to really cut it in South Africa. I don't know what it is with Ghanaian footballers in South Africa. Not one I know has gone there and has absolutely torn up the league and, and has um, written a name for himself. Jonathan Corte, Jonathan Mensah, Richard Ofori. Corte, you've mentioned Jonathan Mensah. He had a bit of a successful time. He played there and then got his move out. Yeah, there was Lawrence Latte. Then there was Lawrence Latte. He had a horrible time. There was Emmanuel Baffour, one time top goal scorer. Edu- our good friend Edwin Jima. Edwin Jima is bounced all around the, P- the PSL. So, it's, I don't know what it is with Ghanaian players in South Africa. It doesn't seem to work well. I just hope that Kwame Pepper can find his form once again and then get the attention of Orlando Paris. But the story with most of these teams is that once I mean, you are at Paris and you get loaned out, not a lot of them come back to their mother team. For a lot of them, it's a one-way ticket out. And um, we'll see how the story plays out. I just hope he can find his form once again, and, 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 and prove the critics wrong and prove himself right in South Africa. But I was really hoping he was going to get an extended run at Orlando Pirates. But I guess it's a victim of circumstance. The team has been going through a bit of a downtime. They are, what, how many points? A lot of points behind Mamalodi Sundowns. And they are just reacting to the things that are happening. And so it's Kwame it's Pepper who's had to suffer. Uh, the brunt of that, so he's been shipped out. We wait to see. I mean, I do keep my eye on the PSL, so we'll wait to see how he fares for, for Maritzburg. So don't commit to Maritzburg. Nathan uh, supports Kwame Pepper's move. Rita, let me come to you on Mudasiru Salifu. So he went on loan to Sheriff Terrasport from Asante Kotoko. I uh, was there with Edmond Ado for a bit. I thought that he had done enough to secure a permanent move. 
He's moved to Al Barton, Al Barton FC in the Saudi League. I believe it's a uh, it's a permanent transfer um, from Asante Kotoko. Quick thoughts on that. Um, very silky defensive midfielder Mudasiru moved to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean it's uh, surprising. Uh, I think I think everyone um, expected him to eventually permanently sign for um, Sheriff Tiraspol because um, we all thought he was he did pretty well in the 21 appearances he made for um, the club. But um, obviously the club thought otherwise and, and loaned him out to Albertson who are struggling in the in that um, particular league out there. So. Um, I mean, he, it's up to him to, to, you know, do all and, and, and show everyone what, um, he can do. What we've seen him do in the Ghana Premier League, where he helped Kumasi Santa Kotoko to, um, win the, 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 the Ghana Premier League before moving out, mm-hmm. um, to Sheriff Tiraspol. So, um, it's, it's not an ideal move, maybe for him even, um, but it's football. You need to, you need to prove why, you need to prove to, to the team why, um, mm-hmm. you, you, you are here or why they brought you in to help the team. And so if he can help the team um, stay in that um, in that league and then improve himself, I'm sure eventually he'll get a bigger club to play for. So um, it's up to him at this point. Mm. I mean, leaving Ghana, leaving Ghana is, is a big deal for most of these players. So I'm sure he's, he knows, he knows what he has to do out there. Just prove to us why um, you, you were rated highly here in Ghana. Mm. Mudasiru Salifu Albatin. Let me just wrap up the top 10 Ghanaian transfers. So there's also Kwabna Owusu uh, from Karabag to uh, Ferencvaros in the Hungarian League. That's a, um, a permanent deal as well. And then you also have um, Nathan Opoku from Syracuse to Leicester City. Uh, it's a loan transfer. I think this is a very interesting one because he's mm. being signed out of the U.S. college system. Yep. Syracuse, uh, Syracuse Orange. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So he's being signed from the U.S. college system mm-hmm. by Leicester City. They, they are sending him on loan to Belgium mm-hmm. in the meantime, but it just shows that they really must believe in his talent because it's not a move you really see that much. It doesn't happen at all. You go from university to yeah. a pro team that's not in the United States. So he didn't even go into the draft playing the MLS or anything like that. So he's, he's one to look out for. Mm. Nathan Opoku from Syracuse to Leicester. And then there's Rauf Salifu. From Accra Lions to Selangor FC. Ralph Salifu is a 20-year-old forward from Accra Lions. So, um, if you watch the Ghana Premier League, you possibly would have seen him. Let me just quickly run through the list again. And then we will switch our attention to some of the deals that have been completed in Europe. The bigger ones, of course. Let's go. It's don't call me time. It's don't call me time. Let's go. It's don't call me time. Well, a quick update from our Carabao Cup semi-final. It's Newcastle 2, Southampton 1. It's the second leg, so it's 3-1 on aggregate overall. Looks like Newcastle are heading to the Carabao Cup final. So Antoine Semenyo has moved. Elisha Owusu has moved. Tariq Fosu, Latif Blessing, Kabna Owusu, Edmond Addo, Nathan Opoku, Mudasiru Salifu, Rauf Salifu, and Kwame Pepra. Let me read some messages that have been coming in so far. Uh, you can text us 0549-986-996, 0549-986-996. Um, Godwin from Asesewa says, I pray 
Andre gets a team in England. Amen. 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 Nana Amen. says good evening to everyone. Um, the Sabitza deal makes me so happy. Kamal being to Southampton looks interesting and exciting, but the one that blows my mind is Hamed Junior Traore to Bournemouth. I mean, how? The Premier League has really taken over. I think we can talk on that deal um, very quickly. Um, Kesta from Oyarefa says good evening to you. Please, any transfer news from my uh, darling team United, well, Marcel Sabitza, uh, like we said, he's completed a move from Bayern to United on loan. We'll talk about that deal in a bit. Um, there's also Xiang uh, Wellington, listening from Joaboso, says, Man United need squad depth to be able to compete for all trophies. Okay, now this one here um, from Nazir, says, listening live from Accra, New Town. Uh, he says, I don't know why Chelsea is forcing um, themselves on Benfica. Just leave Enzo alone. But take note, there won't be a champions. There won't be Champions League football for Chelsea, and so Enzo Ele I think this is a United fan speaking there. Um, Tony texting from Legon says hi guys, good evening. Sabitza and Enzo, who is better? Ah, they started. Ah, already. Um, Richmond from Ashaiman says that, but Ricosta cry why? Numo Boli carry Jets go Portugal like three days now, but still open. I say no. Fasikano nina. Uh, to so, ah, this guy must still the Kante and Enzo combo, aka Kanzo, will still happen in Boli. We trust Charlie Kante and and Enzo is equal to Kanzo. What? Okay, let's get into some of the bigger deals that have been done and let's talk about, um, especially the ones that are fresh, um, of. I mean, recent times. So, uh, a few of them have happened. It's interesting. Um, yes, so yes, the Jorginho move is completed. We'll be getting into that one in a bit. I'm trying to hold off that one until we can get our Arsenal insider to give us some insights. Um, let's just talk about Pedro Poro because that looks like a deal that has happened. It's a four and a half year deal, I believe, somewhere in the region of 40 million euros. Um, Sporting Lisbon to Tottenham Hotspur, 22-year-old right wing back. He's a Spanish international and it looks like Tottenham have really pulled out everything to get Pedro Porro to sign. So, so quick thoughts on that deal. Um, what do you make of it? Like, out of the blue, Spanish right wing back, why is Conte so intent on getting this guy? The, this right wing back saga at space, I'll call it a saga because it's they bought with they buy the budget spends. Mm. He's on loan rent now. He's going on loan rent. He didn't. He barely paid in the six months. Mm. And it's like Conte basically saying when he joined, yeah, the club signed him. I don't want him. I mean, that's hardly the first thing you want to hear from your manager. So that alone was not a good a good way to start his best career. So Jet Spence is gone. You have Mats Dohechi, and basically every time he's been playing, he's been okay, but. It looks like when he's playing, you hear Conte basically say like, yeah, he's playing because there's no one else. And there's MSN Royale, mm-hmm. who we can all see. is He's just not good enough. So this rising back is a serious problem position. So they are going for Pedro Poro. I mean, they played against they played against Sporting twice in the Champions League. I don't recall if he played in those games. Yeah. But I'm assuming they had a chance to see him up close and see what he can do. He's played right wing back for a while. The only thing that... I find interesting about this movie is that he was a Man City and Man City let him go. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a bit of a red flag 
in the sense that Man City like to keep hold of talented players. Man City let Jadon Sancho go. They let Jude Bellingham. Jadon Sancho left mm-hmm. because he wanted more game time. Yeah. That's a different thing. I don't believe Man City wanted Sancho to go. In the sense that they didn't have a plan for him. But yeah. he thought that if he went to Bayern, he'd be in the first team quicker. Okay. And he proved it. And he won a move back to the Premier League. So, but in Pedro Poro's case, not to say that he's not good enough, but I'm just it just raises a slight question mark for me because you have to analyze the transfer from all angles. And that for me is a but look, I think I believe he's a quality player. He's definitely an upgrade on MSN Royale. So in that sense, I don't call me the move. Mm. But I'm just wondering how how far, he needs to adjust quickly because of where spares are and the way the season is going. He really needs to adjust quick. So that's the only thing for me, but once you've upgraded the position, that's the least you can do. The rest is on the player because on, in theory, that's all you can do because a player settling, mm-hmm. it goes beyond him being the right fit on paper. It goes beyond how fast is he able to get his children in school? How fast is he able to find a house slash apartment? Mm-hmm. How does his wife slash girlfriend, all of these, that's if he has a family, you know, it's more than just, oh, you fit in the tactical system. They are human beings too. Yeah. So these, these things can affect a player's performance. So it's be interesting to see, but I like the move on paper for sure. Well, the like, uh, likes the move. Nathan, let me talk to you about Marcel Sabitza. Now, Sabitza has not been a buy-in too long. I believe he came from RB Leipzig. Um, he's not been a buy-in too long. Already on loan, um, sort of veteran midfielder uh, of some sorts. What do you make of this transfer? Because I'm sure you've had some time to chew on it for a bit. What do you make of the Sabitza deal? I was very surprised when I when I first noticed and and read that United were actually chasing because and strangely enough and and, and Rita and I were having this conversation earlier and then when Rita was making a point about Man United needing to have depth, you know, and I think all of us do agree that United will need some depth going forward. And the fact that they've jumped into the market and are chasing Sabitzer just highlights the fact that they need depth. Probably they should have done a, a lot more signing in the main window, but maybe this is an argument Ten Hag can make to the board and say, this is why you need to back me. I need to deepen the squad. So players are available whenever somebody else is not available. But I think it's a very interesting signing. We've seen Sabitzer's best times really at, at RBM, Leipzig. Um, we know what kind of player he is, central midfielder, nice physical presence, a little adventurous than Ericsson. He's got strength, so, so what he gives United is um, the ability to go up and down the pitch and give them a bit of thrust and add to what Bruno gives them, that kind of, that kind of thing. But it's a great addition for six months. It's a win-win for everybody. Man United gets a player whose numbers are decent, even though he's, he's gone down the pecking order at Bayern Munich. We do know what he can do, play for the Austrian national team. Bayern Munich has a player they can send out on loan and have a look at and say, okay, how will he fare outside Germany? Let's see and let's see him and, and let's see what he can do. There's no obligation to buy. The Sabita will automatically return to Bayern Munich. He still has years left on his contract, two to three years. If they want to move him on, there's still value. And for the player, this is six months for him to prove himself to Man United and say, this is what I can do. Sign me as cover for Ericsson on, on, on a long-term basis. Or tell Bayern Munich that this is what I can do for you. Give me a few more minutes. And then you see that I'm an additional tool to have in your, in, your, in your army. So I think it's a deal that makes sense to all parties. You know, I'm sure United and Munich have spoken over the money part 
school pays what, that kind of thing. So I think it makes sense in principle. We'll see what Sabit Sap presents when he does get to play because of Ericsson's absence. He hasn't played in a while because he's falling down the, the order at Bayern Munich. Other midfielders are getting more game time. But the club, which is Bayern Munich, recognizes what he can do. And if you are letting him go on loan, it tells you one of two things. With that, they are letting him go alone without an obligation to buy on the part of money. And it tells you that one, they still think he's got resale value. And two, they want to see how he fares. If he makes an argument to get more minutes ahead of next season, wonderful. Munich will give him that. If it's Man United who are bowled over by his performance and want to sit with Munich, Munich have something to negotiate with. Two or three years left on the player's contract, they can get some good money and everybody goes away very happy. Suzu, let's talk about that Sabita deal a, a bit. Um, again, for for those who don't know him, what what does he bring to the table that United don't already have, and how does he make them uh, more competitive? Um, I don't think he has anything in the sense that if Eriksen wasn't injured, he wouldn't have joined. That's in that sense, he's not. He doesn't move the needle, but. You have to realize if Ericsson, if the reports are true, Ericsson is not going to play until April, May, as it's been reported. So that's what, two and a half, three months. They need a body. And I believe, for me, considering the fact that he's played most of his games as a winger in his career, mm. it's only recently that he moved to central midfield. And at Bayern, he's been playing at central midfield. But I would say he's more of a winger. So moving him into the central role, it's not his natural position. It's not that he can't play there, but he has he does play there for um Austria. Mm-hmm. He can't play there. He's played there for Bayern. But he, he reminds he's just I see him as a similar profile to Fred in the way they'll play the central midfield role. Which is fine if he's next to Casimiro. But if you have to pair him with McTominay or Fred, it could be problematic. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's where Manu might have some problems. When Casimiro doesn't play because he's the only natural DM in that because even McTominay, mm-hmm. b- because he's so big and he's not as agile with the ball, a lot of people think he's a number six, but he's a he's a number eight too. So I think they have too many number eights and not enough number six. They should have. I I thought that they could have looked for someone who was more defensive, who was who be more able to sit yeah. and protect the defense rather than Sabitzer. But I guess Ericsson's injury came. At a bad time, they weren't planning for this, so it's more of a desperate move. So I can understand why they kind of gone to replace the Ericsson profile. But I believe if you have Casemiro, get another DM because if you have another DM, you can pair that other DM with Fred and McTominay when Casemiro sits. Mm. But in this scenario, Sabitzer and Fred and McTominay as your midfield, it looks like a disaster waiting to happen for me. So mm. I'm not I'm not too happy with the signing in the sense of squad building. But as a replacement for Ericsson, I can understand where they are coming from. Okay, so that's the word on Sabitza. So in, in the short term, yes, it's mm. good. But it's only a loan anyway. So yeah, it's fine. loan with no option to yeah. buy, actually, yeah. as of now. Because you want to go, exactly. Yeah. And, and you look at what he off, he's bringing on board. He's one a central midfielder. He can play as an attacking midfielder. And also on the right-hand side. So that versatility is good for Manchester United. Defensively, he's not the best. So it's one of those things that United will not be getting from him. And uh, as such, as my colleagues have said to Sue and Nathan, he's just a short-term cover 
for the injured Ericsson there, and it, it it makes sense at the moment. But we all know what United, what United need at the moment is not Sabitzer, and uh, within a few hours now, I'm sure that they are thinking of getting another uh, proper defensive midfielder, which is what they need at the moment. Casemiro alone doing the work alongside uh, Fred sometimes and Tomini uh, is it, quite poor in terms of the long season. Uh, um, targets if there's no Casmero as against us now we also the sort of gap mm-hmm. that is absence brings and, and, and all that so one thing United will need is a proper DM a proper DM Sabitzer does not fit that role yes he might play alongside Casmero t- in, 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 in upcoming games looking at the fact that there's no Ericsson but clearly he's not going to solve that situation of what they need in a proper DM now. but uh, well he's had quite a very interesting season at, at Bayern Munich this season 15 appearances just one goal and one assist it, it shows you that uh, he doesn't really offer much going forward in terms of goals and also assists and as Nathan highlighted he has been uh, dropped or gone down the pecking order at Bayern Munich this season and so it makes sense. It makes sense to get him now, but clearly that's not what United need at the moment. Hmm. Not what United need. Bayern Munich say that they need Joao Cancelo in their lives, and that yes. is what they have gone and made happen. Um, a loan deal with, I believe, um, a, per- a permanent move in the region of sixty-five to seventy million um, to possibly happen. This deal happened so quickly; it had my head spinning. I'm not sure what's going on, right? So let me just start off with you on Joao Cancelo. Um, I, I just heard whispers a couple of weeks ago or days ago that he was not happy with Pep Guardiola and whatnot. And then I saw that Cancelo to Bayern was good, was a thing. I still didn't pay attention to it because I knew how big that price tag was. I know how much Bayern don't like to spend big on players, but it's happened. They've unveiled him and everything. Yeah, um, it really, that, that deal happened so quickly. I think a lot of people are still in shock that it actually happened because no one expected it. It was so low key. It, it was just like we're all there and then we saw mm-hmm. breaking news. <laughs> Joao Cancelo set for shock move or for shock loan move to, to buy a minute. And everyone was like, wait. From where? Like how? Yeah. All of a sudden. So as it was very interesting to see how that deal quickly um moved on and then now he's he's a he's a Bayern Munich player. Um I mean since the World Cup um after the World Cup and since the Premier League restarted in December, mm-hmm. he's really not um had a lot of playing time. I think he started just three times since that um the Premier League restarted. So he's been having um he's he's gone down the, the, the pecking order um for uh, Pep Guardiola. Now, um, unfortunately for him, you have the likes of Nathan Ake, who is performing so well um, of late, and then you have um, Rico Lewis, who has also come in. So, um, definitely, he's 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 been dropped uh, to the bench, and so, of course, he he felt unhappy that um, Pep was not using him a lot. And we've had um, stories about how he's had outbursts with um, Pep Guardiola, which he says is not true in his um, press conference he did today. So. Clearly, he was not happy with the amount of game time he was he was getting um, at the club, and so I'm not surprised he eventually moved. And this is this is this is a, a move that I'm not surprised Bayern made because this is they, they see it as a big opportunity for them. These are the things they they like, and and clearly they've also been struggling a little bit mm-hmm. um, in the in the Bundesliga. So um, I think it's a win-win for 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 them because Pep Guardiola. 
clearly is not looking at um, Cancelo as someone he might be needing a lot this season yeah. because you have the likes of Nathan Aki and others who are um, stepping up a lot this season. And Bayern, on the other hand, uh, look at it like they really need someone of his um quality. Mm-hmm. He's very versatile. He's very versatile. He he can go forward. He can he can help with um assist. He can provide um goal scoring opportunities for the team as well. So this is a win win opportunity for, for both sides in my opinion. And I'm sure he's he's pretty happy with, with the deal because if I'm not going to get playing time at Manchester City, I can get playing time at Bayern Munich. So I think it's 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 a deal that works for, for both sides. Mm. Ben this is one move that I Totally, totally disagree with Pep Guardiola. Yes, he's a top manager. He's, 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 he's one of those managers that every club will have to have. But see, let's, let's all make this clear. Joao Cancelo is a top right back. As a right back, as a left back, the guy is one of the top, top fullbacks you can get in the world at the moment. He, he, he offers you so much going forward and also he's able to recover so, so well. So, yes, I understand why he will want to, um, Leave a club where he's not getting enough playing time, and for Pep Guardiola, but this is for, like for what, ten games, eleven. No, no, but, games? But, 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 but you look at you play the whole of last games, you Look at you look at big big games this this year, and Pep you see the likes of uh, Rico Luis, Rico, Rico Luis ahead of him. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Cancelo will be like, my goodness, if not for the right back, I can also play at the left back. So he goes for Nathan Ake, who is not a proper left back ahead of him. He goes for a twenty year old. That's actually a statement. If your so, coach is picking. And a non-natural left back ahead of him. But whole situation here. Is he? No, no. But I read Ake as a left back. I'll let Pichi finish. Yeah, Ake as a left back and Cancelo as a left back. Cancelo is ahead of Ake. Rico Luis as a right back and Cancelo as a right back. He's still ahead of Rico Luis. So clearly, he's the better of the two guys in terms of the right back and the left back position. So the, it makes no sense. For Pep Guardiola to pick these players ahead of him, and 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 for such a player with such top top qualities, he will obviously be frustrated with that lack of playing time. And I'm sure he tried to confront Pep about this situation. And you know, Pep Guardiola, his 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 selections mm-hmm. are definite. He doesn't want players questioning his decisions. But you can, you clearly have to feel for Joao Cancelo. See, when he was when he had Zichenko battling at the left back position, mm-hmm. there was a time where you could see that. They were both trying to bring the best out of each other, and then Zichenko was sold. So clearly, Pep favored him at the left back position and made Zichenko leave. Out of nothing, I, I'm not sure he committed any blunder in any game that led to City losing a game or because of fatigue. No one can tell me that Cancelo on the pitch looked like a player who is fatigued or, or, or something. Yeah, I don't he, think he's been he, in he's good form. Still, he's, mm-hmm. I, don't, I he's, think he's, his form has dropped off a bit. From us in, the World Cup. I don't think he's been playing that well yeah. since the He's actually not been playing well. See, he may, he may, and there's a reason Portugal didn't take him I, for any of the I, knockout I, games. I, I look at the performances of... Fernando Santos doesn't it, know football? I look at the performances of Rico Luis on the pitch. And you can't tell me that the game Rico Luis plays week in, week out is better than what Jean Cancelo would do no, as a right uh, back. Uh, you, you know, I'll get into all of that. Mm. We were what? here. Get, get into see, it right now. You know, Pichichi, just Pichichi, land, Pichichi, land and let him make Pichichi, it. All you are saying about ability is well noted and factor. Exactly. So, but, so why is there a player trying to bench uh, exactly. a player Thank you. in that regard? No, you see, if you a see, coach is benching you, they are sending a message to you to tell you that you are doing something wrong. You need to change something before you get back on the pitch. If there was a player. message being sent. And, because, and, 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 and this is and right because see, he literally played every game last season. Yeah, they and sent him a message and he didn't respond. If, and the, his, no, I'll go to that picture. Mm-hmm. His response was to sulk. And mm. I was reading an article. Pep has a policy. If you're on the bench, 
you smile harder than the people on the pitch because you have to support them. It's a team game. Mm. Yeah. And he was sulking on the bench. Apparently, he stopped paying attention in meetings. Apparently, his whole demeanor was negative. And he confronted Pep about not playing and basically demanded to play or leave. And Pep said, go right ahead. That's that's basically... You mean he gave the manager an ultimatum? Basi- that's basically where it reached. Like, mm. it basically reached the point. It was basically like, I want to play, I have to play, I should be playing. Mm. Oh, yes, man- should be playing. And the manager said that, if you should be playing, prove it. There's mm. a training ground, prove it. Mm. And he mm. did it, and he couldn't meet the expectations of the manager. And he was challenging the manager's authority. Bernardo Silva. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem this has been... And every summer, if you pay attention to Man City... There's a Bernardo Silva rumor yeah, in the Bernardo mix. Silva, Laporte, all these players who are even Cancelo La- La- before, is not playing as well. Even Cancelo before last before last season, he was in the rumor mill that he was threatening to leave to go to Barca because he thought he should have been playing more and this, this, this. But Pep says, look, if you are here, support the team. Smart. Don't let your unhappiness are being plain. Mm-hmm. Like rub on, 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 on to everyone. Yeah. I, it was I, it was so for his attitude. It's not about ability. See. So all this talk about ability. It doesn't we, apply. He was sold for because we, of poor we also, we also saw Man City against Wolves. Yeah. We saw the performance of Rico Lewis in that game. He yeah. was terrible. But it doesn't no, matter. He was terrible. But it doesn't matter. See, it doesn't see, matter about if, how good If you he is. are benching me and you bring in Kyle Walker, if I'm cancelled, Kyle Walker is also on the bench. I, I will agree. But yeah. Kyle Walker is also on the bench. But when I see what Rico Lewis is doing on the bench, Kyle Walker is also on the bench. to send a message to me, at least, it, 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 see, that Pep, should tell Pep you. This, must admit this, you that think you think it's disrespectful. Exactly, huge but I mean, you know, like, I mean, I, he, I, he has I, a title see, to win. See, he has see, he has see, values to keep see, up. See, to. This is why I disagree with Pichichi because he said the same. Has not offered anything better. See, this is why I disagree with Pichichi because he said the same thing about Ronaldo. And Ronaldo left, and <laughs> the whole thing It's the same thing. As a manager, you have to have standards in your team. It doesn't matter who you are. Once you break the the exception becomes the rule. Because the whole rule is that no one should sulk because you are not playing. Cancelo starts sulking. But, but, but no, you listen should bench me based on but he, a, 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 a very, a very... No, but the coach didn't... But Pep that didn't bench him for nothing. Why? Pep doesn't know what he's doing. Pep wants to send a message. So, exactly. And, and, and the message is what? That you that need to back up. You need to, you need to, you, you need to improve See, your form. You need to improve your attitude and to he, be able to and stay in the team. he couldn't improve his attitude. And that's... This, he was sold because of his attitude. So, Pichichi, all you are saying about his for me, ability for me, I've is seen, granted, I've but it doesn't matter. Punish players over and over because of this issue. But I feel that if you are replacing someone like Cancelo, that's my point. Cancelo, because of a bad, a poor form, replace him with a better player. That's no, but Cancelo you see, Pichichi, ability, Pichichi, I think Pep Guardiola like, will agree with you that there's no better fullback in the world so than let Cancelo. Play. So let him play. But if his attitude is not right, he shouldn't play. And, and that's the point. See, you see, you see, you see, you see, Pichichi, the form just no, 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 you see, Pichichi, let me stop you right there. Your problem is that you think that because of ability, players should be given see, license yeah. to behave how they want. Mm-hmm. If you're a manager, you give players license to behave how they want. How can you instill standards and discipline in your team? It won't work. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. They get, there was a standard to set in the team. If you are not playing, don't have a negative attitude. Don't be so obviously unhappy. Everyone can tell. Don't start affecting the group with your behavior. Mm-hmm. He couldn't meet these standards. And that's the simple truth. So he was sacked. And I agree with you. His ability is beyond... <laughs> his ability is beyond any fullback at the club. See, but it's about the standards so of Pichichi, the team. You don't, don't go oh, make Cancelo oh, oh, no, 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 no. I think that Pep, I think Pep has made a mistake. Pep is taking has this, made a mistake. This is, exactly, this is exactly what happened with Ronaldo exactly. at Manchester United. Exactly. It doesn't matter whether you are the best player in the world. 
you need to be able to support your team, whether you are playing well or not. If the manager decides to sit you on the bench because you're not performing well, it is your duty as a player to support the team, whether you are playing or not. And that is something Cancelo was not doing. That is something Ronaldo was not doing. He was throwing tantrums every single time he was not allowed to play. And the manager said, okay, if this is how you want to behave, then I'll just let you go because I do not want unhappy players in my team. And that has been Pep Guardiola's stance throughout. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want unhappy players in his team. He said this with Sterling. He said this with Zinchenko. Leroy Sane, I remember. So many players. And that has been Pep stance throughout. So you can't be a player and decide that, okay, the coach is not playing me. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to sulk. I'm not going to smile. I'm not going to, I'm not going to warm up with the other players and expect that he'll be happy with you and, and, say, and put okay, you back in the mix. You're not happy. So go on and have your way. You need to prove to the coach that yes, I've not, I've been, I've been on, uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've had a dip in form, mm-hmm. but now, I want to prove to you that I can come back and do what you expect of me. But Cancelo was not ready to do that. He wanted to leave and Pep has given him the go-ahead and he has left. Mm. Ben, let me wrap up with my point. Wrap up, wrap up. Pep Guardiola sometimes does not help his players. We need to make this clear. Yes, a player in his career might lose form at a point. But I feel that the solution isn't to bench him and bring in someone who is below his ability. As, as a manager, you are managing the player. You are managing the player. And so when he loses form and you think that he needs to do well, I don't think that benching him is what will send the right message. You can, you, you can try to fold him. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure players know when they lose form. You, you encourage him to give his best week in, week out. But when you bench him over and over and over, and he looks at the replace, I think he looking at the replacement or the player playing ahead of him. Mm. Aki on the left. Mm. Rico Lewis on the right and he looks at his ability and he realizes that the two are not even offering their best mm. to what he offers. I'm sure if you're part of Team Cancel... Hold, 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 your, hold your thoughts there. We have, we have Chris Wheatley um, on the line all the way from uh, England. Chris Wheatley is an Arsenal insider. Uh, everything Arsenal. We want to chat with him for a bit on what uh, sort of window the Gunners have had so far. Chris, if you can hear me, good evening and welcome to Sports Panorama. You're live in Ghana. Good evening. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here uh, and talk with you on uh, what's been a pretty busy day in the world of football. It really has been busy. It really has been busy. Now, let's dive right into the Arsenal stuff and let's talk about this um, Caicedo deal that didn't happen. I'll get to Jorginho in a bit, but really, um, how close were Arsenal to getting Moises Caicedo and why did the team decide to eventually pull out when they only needed to make a small top-up to the bid they had already submitted? I'd say they were halfway there. They were pretty close. They had a a full agreement on the player's side. Moise Caicedo wants to join Arsenal. That was agreed quite a long time ago, at least a week ago. Um, Hence why he posted a statement on Instagram, which obviously um, frustrated quite a lot of people at Brighton. So the player wanted to join Arsenal, um, but the biggest obstacle was Brighton. Um, and that is quite a big obstacle when the selling club don't want to sell the player. Uh, every conversation I had with Brighton, they said, Caicedo is not for sale. He's going nowhere. Um, and they stuck to their word throughout. And I think they were never really going to sell him. Maybe if they received a bid in excess of £80 million, they might have considered it. But Arsenal weren't prepared to stump up more than £70 million for Caicedo. And in the end, they've got Jorginho, who is 
not a, a, exactly the same player, but he's someone who's going to add a lot of experience. Um, and I think that's why they're, they're happy with the signing of, of Jorginho for sure. If you look at it, does it look like a move Arsenal could revisit in the summer? Or you think that once they close the chapter on it, this window, they probably won't go back? Yeah, absolutely. I think they will re- revisit it in the summer. I think the fee might even be a bit lower in the summer, uh, depending on how he plays. And we'll see how things go there. But we know that Arsenal also want Declan Rice, the West Ham midfielder. Um, and I think Caicedo and Rice are certainly going to be two of the top midfield targets in the summer. So, yeah, I think Caicedo, that deal is still one to watch. Um, and I think he's a player that obviously Arsenal definitely want to bring in. Now, Chris, what's the feeling like among Arsenal fans? Because um, if you look at the transfer window, it looks like it's been a bit of an anticlimax with almost every deal they've been interested in. So first, they were interested in Mudrik. He ended up with Chelsea. Showed interest in Joao Felix. He ended up with Chelsea. Uh, Caicedo is not happening. They get Jorginho instead. What's the feel like among the, the Arsenal fraternity? I mean, about the the, the, the sort of transfer window that the club has had? I think you can look at it two ways. You can look at it that Arsenal have signed maybe second-choice players, Trossard instead of Mudrik, uh, Jorginho instead of Caicedo. But in the end, they've got players they needed in positions they needed. So I think it's worth reminding as well that Arsenal are top of the league. They're playing the best football they've played in quite a long time. Um, and these players that they brought in are only going to add quality to the squad. They're not going to take away from the squad. So I think from what I see from most of the fans on the social media, there's a lot of positivity. I think some fans are maybe a bit hesitant on the Jorginho deal because he obviously he plays for a rival. He's in his 30s. But I think it is a good deal for everyone. And yeah, in the end, like I say, Arsenal are top of the league at the moment. I, I think there's more reason to be positive. Um, the negative on these deals. Now, we also heard names like Yuri Tillema thrown into the mix. Um, was that was there concrete interest on Arsenal's part? Is there a possibility it's a deal they could revisit? Yuri Tillemans is a name that has been on Mikel Arteta's shortlist for a while now. Um, there were obviously inquiries in the summer. In fact, a move came quite close last summer. But in the end, uh, Tillman stayed put at Leicester. He's a player they like. Uh, I think he would go for a decent fee, um, but he wasn't seen as the right player to bring in in January. I think in Jorginho, they've got someone with Champions League level experience, you know, at someone who is really at the top of his game. He's experienced um, in pretty much every competition, and he is really a player who is going to add a lot to the Arsenal squad. But yeah, Tillmans is one they like. He, he's been on the shortlist for a while, um, but I don't think it's one that's likely to happen anytime soon. Now, just finally, to, to wrap it up before you go, so um, Trossard from Brighton, Kiwio from Napoli, and then um, the deal that has been done with Jorginho as well. How would you rate Arsenal's January transfer business? I think uh, if I'm going to give them a rating out of 10, I would probably say... Eight out of ten. Like I say, they they got the players that, or players in the positions that they wanted, and I think that was the main thing. I think all of these players are going to add something to the team. They add depth to Arsenal's squad. Um, don't forget as well that Arsenal have injuries. Mohamed Elneny is out for the rest of the season with a knee injury, um, and I think 
they really did need bolstering in that midfield. So, yeah, I would give them an 8 out of 10 for the business. Um, and It will go up to a 10 out of 10 if they win the league this season. Chris, thank you very much. We appreciate the time spent with us. Thanks for having me. Have a great evening. Cheers. You too. Let's go. Okay, so you heard Chris Wheatley there, Arsenal insider, giving us an insight into what happened. He says that Arsenal is definitely going back for Caicedo in the summer, and he says that Yuri Tillema is also still on Arsenal's radar. So, so let's let's now get into the Arsenal talk properly. Let's talk about Jorginho to Arsenal. Twelve million. Um, I think it's a good fee. I thought he would eventually go for about 20 million, but 12 million is a good fee for me. Um, not Caicedo, not the same profile. What do you make of this signing? Don't call me or no, don't call me. It's very conditional mm. on how they plan on using him. If they plan on having him as a squad option, I would don't call me this move 100% because this guy doesn't get injured. His injury record is phenomenal. He's nearly always fit. Mm. So that's a player you want, especially if you have Thomas Party who are concerned about his injury record. You want a backup who is nearly always fit. That's the ideal, you know, fitness record for a backup. So if he's coming as a backup, I'm all for it. Mm. But if he's coming in to start, <laughs> mm, now that I don't like because I look at what Thomas Party does and can do. Yeah, I was just about to ask what Jorginho's biggest. Um, what does he do best? What is he best known for as a midfielder, as a player? I mean, he's good for keeping the tempo and passing. But Pate is doing that fine. And Pate... And doing more. It, mm-hmm. you, there's no even going to do more. I think he's... he. They, are, they win the ball back around the same rate. Mm-hmm. But the difference, I would argue, is... And the perfect highlight is when Anthony was almost... Was running towards the ball and Pate zoomed in to kind of clear the ball. Mm-hmm. If you have Jorginho in that situation, he's not getting there. And I believe if you are playing as a lone six, mm-hmm. where you have your two other midfielders going for it, you need to at least be strong or fast. And Jorginho is neither. Mm-hmm. So mm. if he's coming to play into the Arsenal system, he can't play as a lone six. It means he has to play next to Partey. Yeah. But if he's playing instead of Shaka, Shaka's dynamism is getting to the box and making things happen. Jorginho can't do that. So I believe they also lose something if he replaces Shaka. Mm. So for me, he doesn't work in the starting lineup. I think he can work as a squad option for certain games. He can start certain games. Maybe games that you are sure that you control the ball ninety like you have a lot of ball control. Yeah. He can play instead of party. Or maybe you are thinking that you want to maximize position, he plays instead of Shaka. Mm. But as a starter, I look at Arsenal's system. I don't think he works for them mm. in that way. So as a backup, I would don't be but if he's expected to come into a starting lineup and help them win the league. I believe you do read their title challenge. Let me ask Arsenal fans, genuinely, how do you feel about Jorginho joining your team? Chelsea fans, how do you feel about Jorginho departing your team for a title contender? Chelsea fans, how do you feel about that? Arsenal fans, how do you feel? from the Arsenal fans, I know personally, they are not too happy. A few of them feel They are like underwhelmed. They are underwhelmed because, especially considering the history of their former... Of when they bought former Chelsea players, how it worked out. <laughs> I don't think they are too happy. I think they are looking at the historical precedent. They are thinking mm, from William, from William, mm, David Luiz. William dropped two assists in his debut and went to sleep mm, for the rest of the mm, season. Petacek, you know. So they are thinking in that way. 
But some of them are gen. Some of them, because of their belief in Arteta now, they are saying to themselves, "Look, yeah. we trust Arteta. We trust Arteta. And if mm. Arteta thinks he can complement the system, and that's the one thing. That's another thing. Once Arteta has an idea of how he used Jorginho, he knows more. He knows his team better than me. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen, I don't see how Jorginho improves the team, mm. except improving their squad depth. That's just how I see it. So if he's there to provide squad depth, be a body of the bench, help them close out two nails. Yeah. You know, games where they have a lot of the ball, that kind of stuff. I completely don't come. But if he's come to start, no, no way. Well, no but way. all season, I, I think we kept saying one thing. That Arsenal should get a backup for Thomas Taipati. We kept hammering on that point over and over and over. And, and so I think for a club like Arsenal, getting mm-hmm. Jorginho for just £12 million, I think... Monetarily, it's a very good move mm-hmm. for them. The figure is good. What he offers also is somebody who has experience in the English Premier League already. Yeah. He's not somebody who is out of the league. He's coming in with a lot of experience, having played for Chelsea. Whatever Pate can do, I think Jorginho can also do effectively. Mm-hmm. And so, for a team that knows the sort of injury history of Thomas Tepati and how he, he can't last for maybe five months without getting injured. I think it's, it's quite a good move. Arsenal fans, because of what they've seen Jorginho do at Chelsea, I know why they will not be excited, but I think that he will be, he's the best fit for them at mm. the moment in terms of the, the, the health record or the injury record of Thomas Tepati. Let me get a tactical analysis or a tactical view of this Jorginho deal. The rabbi is on the line. Coach Christopher Nimli, Numo. Coach, can you hear me? Oh, no more. In the Shiku way. Nice one. I've been listening to the show and I've been enjoying every bit of it. Nice one. By now, you should have been here doing Wakelegbe Nomo, but your team has disappointed you, so you don't have any Wakelegbe Nomo to do. Oh, no more, Mini. Oh, no, because I'll get your thoughts on Sabita in a bit. It's one of the reasons why I called you, but let's, let's talk about Jorginho very briefly. I mean, from a coaching standpoint, what is Ateta thinking by bringing in Jorginho midway through the season? Okay, um, good evening to everybody. Of course, this is by far the best sports show when it comes to deadline day. The fact of the matter, before I actually look into the thinking of Mikel Ateta, I've been listening to Pichiti. Oh, ni abba! Ni abba! He should never equate Jorginho to Thomas Partey. Thank you. Tell him again for me. He should never do that. It, 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 they are not comparable in any way. Defensively, Partey is better. In that position, we, we are looking about to, uh, for a player that will pass the ball forward to get Asma to constantly and regularly move on the ascendancy. It is Thomas Partey. It's Jorginho no more. square. left. right. No, but coach, I, said that. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to just draw a quick comparison. What is the difference between the Jorginho we see at Chelsea and the one who was so good for Italy when they won the Euros? See, I think it has to do with the game plan of Martini at the time as compared to what the people at Chelsea have been asking him to do. Because if you go back to that Euros, surprisingly, shockingly, he was told never to pass the ball for uh, backward because if you look at that Italian setup, the Barella, the Chiesa, <laughs> all those guys are forward-moving players. So when he picks up the ball, 
naturally, after receiving the after receiving the ball from Kilini and Bonucci, if he the moment he turns, he sees these guys moving ahead of him. So per the shape of the team and per the movement of his teammates, he wouldn't just be allowed to pass the ball backwards or sideways. He had to pass it forward. And in that tournament, we saw a Jorginho that probably we have seen just once and we'll never see again. He's never been that good for Chelsea. He's been very average when it comes to Chelsea. Igor Kante has, has actually covered him up most of the time. In the absence of Ingolo Kante, we all see the, the, the extent to which he's now struggling. Now, if you put him in this Asna setup, truth be told, he wasn't the, the plan A for Asna. The plan A for Asna is at Brighton. That is the one they wanted. The Brighton stood their ground and said, even at 80 million pounds, we will not sell. We are not ready to sell Moise Kaisaido. So at Teta, looking at the run of games ahead of him and where Arsenal find themselves at the moment, he wants to give this team enough depth to enable them compete to the last moment. So in that vein, I will agree with the Jorginho uh, signing. He's not going to bench Thomas Party. Neither is he going to bench Jaka. That is very clear. He's not going to bench any of these guys. And if you look at the way Arsenal play, in that three-man midfield, he's obviously not going to bench Odegaard. And then there's Saka, there's Martelleri, and there's Nketiah. So he's going to be used peripherally. He's not going to be an integral member of whatever Ateta is going to do. He's been added to create depth to the team, not to create competition to Thomas Partey. Because he and Partey are not of the same class. Not, of course, to create any form of competition to the resurgent of Granite Jacker. Jacker, we have seen in a row, we've never seen him before. He's been given the license to join the attack because of the tactical switch of Vinjenko moving into midfield alongside Thomas Party. So the Jorginho signing is just to add depth to the team. Because Asma themselves are of the view that going forward, you cannot have Thomas Party playing in every game. As we speak, they are out of the Carabao Cup. They are out of the FA Cup. They are competing for the league and the Europa Cup. These are two major tournaments that I believe uh, Mikel Ateta want to uh, stay as long as he, he wants to or he thinks he should stay and he wants to remain competitive in those competitions. So that, in my view, is the signing of what Jorginho. Tactically, if as I said, when Mikel Arteta decides to give Pate a rest, he can slot him in there and he will do a job. The job of trying to control the temple of the Arsenal rhythm, trying to get them to be calm under pressure, trying to get them to, to, to keep the ball and then try and believe in that one he would ensure that he would do. I listened to Susu when he highlighted a perfect example, which actually brings out the clear difference between the two players. I mean, Thomas Partey and then what? Jorginho. You highlight, Sosu highlighted that Anthony breakaway. From nowhere, Thomas Partey was able to cover up for uh, the two Arsenal centre-backs. If that had been Jorginho, Anthony is true on goal. So yes, you can understand what Mikel Arteta had done on his stand. But like I say, and I repeat, it is not 
to get him to, to compete with Thomas Partey because the levels are not the same. Mm. Arsene is about trying to add a bit more of depth and mm. as of when, maybe in the Europa League, let's rest our main man, Thomas Partey. Because the statistics are there. Without Partey, Arsenal are not the same. Yeah, And that is factual. Let's talk about Sabitza because it seems like a deal that has excited you. Uh, just before we let you go, you, you, your thoughts on that deal? I, I, I don't think Sabitza is the name that would have been on your lips when the window started, but the way things are, you must take it like that. No, you see, this is typical Ten Hag. Very typical Ten Hag. Nobody expected this. Not even me. Not even the again supporters union people. Nobody has, Nobody saw this coming. Like I've always said, the Glazers have said they will not buy any players. So, but for the entry to Christian Eriksen, I don't even think United would have gone in for, for Sabitza. But just before that offer, or United decided to go in for Sabitza, so many players were offered to United between the hours of 10 a.m. to 12 noon today. So many players, the likes of Isco, the likes of uh, Caresco, they were all offered to United. And Ten Hag says no. Actually, it is the Gavin, is it Gravenberg or Gravison, the former Ajax boy Gravenberg. at Bayern Munich. Yeah, Ryan Gravenberg. It was the one that Ten Hag actually requested for from Bayern Munich. The Bayern Munich actually said, no, I think we want to keep this one. But what about Sabitza? Ten Hag looked at the profile of Sabitza. Just opposite against that as Christian Eriksen. Eriksen is more of a receive and pass because he's got vision. But in Sabitza, we've got a player who would take the ball off Carlos Casemiro, pass it like Eriksen will do. But when he sees the gap, he will travel with the ball. He will fill in the gap. He will push the ball. He will progress the ball forward. And you can expect that. He's a box-to-box midfielder. He's going to add more to the attacking play of Manchester United. Defensively, I hear Pichichi saying that he's not solid. Ah, at least for once, I think he's better than so many of the central defenders in the league. Defensively. If you've got Casemiro, you don't need to think about defending too much. Just come demarcated area that Casemiro will set up for you. You concentrate there here, you'll get the red sorted out. So he's been brought in there for ball progression. He's been brought in there for solid delivery. United don't seem to have a, a specialist uh, a player on, on corner kicks. If you look at Sabitza's record, he's a very good uh, player who delivers set pieces with, with, with ease and accuracy. With the likes of Varane, who hasn't been experiencing good uh, 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 set piece uh, in the opponent box, we've gone in for Van Wargos. He's very powerful in the air. So if we can get somebody who will deliver the ball better into the box, look, United will make top four. And Sabisa has been brought in to cement that. Look at the beauty of the day. There's no option to buy. There's no obligation to buy. It is loan. We did because we have told we told the people about Munich that. We will, it is long we want. The new owners by April, they'll be in. There'll be cash. There'll be proper cashment. I'm telling <laughs> you, they better go and pay the money. You hear what they are saying? They want to pay the 120 million euros in five years installment. Benfica say no. We want that money paid in two years and in three trenches. Why are you crying? You say you've got money. Pay the money and take the money. <laughs> finish. You are dilly dallying over the matter. You mean they don't have cash? But I believe that they will eventually find a way out and let go of the boy to Chelsea. But look, uh, we've had some Ghanaian moves. Truth be told, I'm not happy with the Kamadin switch. 
I'm not happy at all. Well, it looks like it will happen. It's not complete here, but it looks like it will happen. Look, I am praying hard it doesn't happen. I'm Why? Why? Happen. Why? So whatever you end up going to play in the championship. It was this Sunderland team. Southampton. Yeah, sorry. So this Southampton team. They are last on the, uh, in the league. No, I'm If you look at the sort of signings they have made, it is not to resurrect their season or get them to survive relegation. No. They've been joking with this relegation thing season after season. They've made money, proper cash, from the sales of players, and they've not reinvested the money. Now it's caught up with them. I don't want a very promising Ghanaian player to go and be part of that. I think that in Sean Dykes, Everton is most likely to survive than the Southampton. Because if Sean Dykes were to bring his, his, his Mourinho instinct into, or his Mourinho's way of doing things to this Everton team, they will not be needing more than a goal to win football games. So if I was the one, I'd say, look, okay, let's do it a lone move for now and see how it progresses. But if he has decided to join Southampton, there should be something in that contract that allows him to leave. Because he's a very, very good player, good talent, who needs proper run of games. If he can stay free of injuries, Kamadin would be a hit. I don't want him to go to the championship and go and fight it. Because we are hearing it's somewhere 25, 27 million euros. Yep. That is huge money. So there's no way that Southampton as a team will include a clause in that that says that if we get relegated, anybody who pays this amount of money, you are allowed to leave. So that is why I'm not happy about that move. I'm just not happy about that one. I don't know why. After mm. the Semenyo moves, he's already a championship player. So if Bournemouth were to get relegated, <laughs> he's just going back to battle. But it is a move I don't commit. I hope that he'll be able to contribute some few number of goals to get Bournemouth to stay in the premiership so that he will have a full season with them and so that we will actually get the opportunity to, 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 to see how, how good he really is so that we'll see how his progress will, will, will benefit the Black Stars of Ghana. Mm. But so far, so good. As for we, the Manchester United supporter, we said it. Look, the proper transfer window will be in the summer. That is where... We are We, we are all here. Oh, no more. <laughs> who, who come in the summer? There's Glazers. In the summer, just name the price. There's cash. No negotiation. No bargaining. <laughs> no check, take. Time the check, take. I've said it. Victor Osimhen. Victor Osime, if nobody buys him, that will be the marquee, the iconic signing of the new owners of Manchester United. You will see. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you very much, Coach. Coach, they say your record for chances is no good. So this Victor Osime one, we're writing it down. Now. We, we have it down. I, I, I'm sure he will hear you. Coach, we are noting down your Osimhen signing. We'll come back to it in the summer. Let's let's go to Nathan to wrap it up for us. Nathan, if you can hear us, just um, wrap up on your your most anticipated deals and I mean the biggest transfers for you this window before before we let you go. Um, the most anticipated one I think is Enzo Fernandez. Whether Chelsea and Benfica come to an agreement over the structure and of the payments and all of that, we wait to see if that will happen. I is is a deal that. I thought Chelsea would walk away from looking at the complicated nature of it, but it looks like they are insisting they want the player. So we will have to wait to see if that happens. From a Man United perspective, I think it's a matter of time before Sabitza gets confirmed and all of that. Um, all the other moves, and, and I heard 
you know, Chris talking about Kamal Dean. I'm a little torn, and I completely understand Chris's argument about Southampton and Kamal Dean and how all of this could potentially play out. I, I guess we'll have to wait and see if they can save themselves this season because it will be such a shame seeing this player with so much potential having to do it in the championship. But like we've seen what the championship can do to teams. If you are not careful, once you slip down there, coming back up is very, very, very difficult. So I just hope he knows what he's doing. I suspect he must have spoken to Mo Salisu and maybe he got Salisu to convince him to come around. So we went to for starters and they've made money. They've made good money <laughs> in terms of the deal. So for them, they are taking their money and they are cashing it, you know, in the bank and all. So I think that we'll have to wait and see. The Jorginho move did surprise me. I did not see Arsenal going for him. But you can kind of understand why they've done it. And I and I understand Susu's argument. Physically, Jorginho really doesn't provide much. But I think like one of the guys that I can't remember who, if you are leading a game by two or three, you bring him on to stabilize the ship. You know, um, you 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 rely on his experience. You rely on his skill. There are players around him who can do the heavy lifting whilst he keeps giving the team some tempo. I feel that Arsenal are building their team and they really, really want to give this Premier League title challenge a good goal, not only for this season, for next season, the season after. That's why they are buying all the players they are buying. So that, that deal really surprises me. I'd love to see how it eventually plays out. But in all of this, I think the most surprising deal for me is the Joao Cancelo one. And I think all the guys in the studio... We're talking about how quickly it happened. I'm still stunned at how quickly it happened. And yeah, he's had a yeah, presser and everything. Yeah, I, I I don't know what it means. Does he come back? Does Man City move on? I, I don't I think don't he know. wants to come back. I don't I, I don't know how this... But, but Munich are getting themselves a very, very good player. But I also need to, to say that Munich need to keep an eye on Joao Cancelo. Because looking at how he exited, if he shows those tendencies again, but I mean, we know Bamini to be a very unforgiving, very unforgiving club. They don't tolerate some of these things, and they won't have to try and see what they can do in terms of curbing that kind of um, behavior. Already, they are struggling a bit. Nagelsmann is still trying to understand what it means to be Bayern Munich manager. The last thing you want is to have this player with this inflamed ego who wants to demand you know, that things be done a certain way and, and, and that kind of thing. So, I don't know, but Bamenik have, have got themselves a lovely player, a very, very quality player who gives them something. They look like a team that needs a few more experiences in there to guide them in the Bundesliga, to guide them in the Champions League, and especially to help the manager, Nagelsmann. Despite all his talent, he's still very young and very new to this very tough political environment of, of running a big club. So, I think it's been an interesting window so far we we'll wait to see how it will play out in the next hour, hour and a half, when all the deals are done. And then everybody gets the chance to see what these new players will give their teams when football, club football, returns this weekend. I'm sure a lot of them would have been registered for the weekend games. And then the next six months, we'll see whose signings made sense and whose signings scored zero and who's going back to their club and who's getting to stay on a permanent. Nathan, thank you very much. Uh, you spent a lot of time with us breaking down all the deals. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow when we wrap up all the transfers. So, um, big ups and thanks you, thanks again for joining us. All right. Let's get to, um, some messages and then I'll get to, um, 
a deal that could happen again. I spoke about ZH to PSG on loan. Uh, it looks like the reports say that Chelsea are trying to be a bit demanding and it could possibly scupper the deal. Bright Doe says Cancelo's dip in form started at Anfield where he gifted Salah that goal. He's been poor prior to the World Cup. He was so bad at the World Cup that Dalo had to play ahead of him and continued after the Mundial with a red card against Fulham. So, Cancelo's struggles properly documented for you over there. Let me read some messages that are coming through. Okay, um, Gabby from Tema says that coach is hyping a loaned player from buying of all clubs. Wow. Richmond from Tema also says, Ben... This transfer is the transfer that hurts me since supporting Arsenal. I'm pained and hurts more than anything else. And I'm not sure I'll be watching any more Arsenal games again. I wish I could do a voice note. A player who can't turn, who can't run, who can't play a simple pass when he's in a tight corner. In fact, a player who can't do anything to save his life is who we end up with. That team paid me. Is that is that Jorginho you're talking about? Like that? I, I, I agree with Richmond about sixty percent. Wow. I'm not. I'm not very <laughs> impressed. The thing is, he's a he's a such a system player for me, mm. and that's my issue with it because I feel like you kind of have to build the team with him in mind. Yeah. So if your team is not built in a certain way, I don't think he'll be very effective. That's how I see it. So I I don't think he's an ineffective player. I wouldn't go that far, but you need is. Effective in certain situations. Mm. Ezekiel Young from Ogbojo says, I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm happy to see Jorginho go. I'm sure Ateta going for Jorginho is down to how Pep may have influenced his views on how to use him whilst he was Pep's assistant at Man City. Remember, Pep has always admired Jorginho and Ateta may have learned a thing or two on how to use him. I remember this. Jorginho exactly. actually nearly yeah. joined Manchester yeah. City at a point. And even after that, Ateta was wanted to bring um, him. Jorginho to Arsenal. See, for managers like Ateta and Pep to sign him, or to want to sign Jorginho, meaning that there's a sort of uh, sort of game plan or something that they've cooked all these seasons for him. So let, let us see how they will try to get the best out of a player that I, I can't wait to wanted. see him. Exactly, start. I can't wait to see him start. Suze GH from Ablekuma says, "Good evening, guys. The best sports show in Ghana. We have a bad history with Chelsea players coming to Arsenal. They mostly fail, but from where I stand, I'll just keep faith in party to always stay fit." The whole idea of Jorginho joining is to be back up and start in the Europa League. I'm all in for this deal because it's just 18 months and not a long deal. Uh, welcome to the best team in London. Come on, you gunners, you say. Um, hey. <laughs> the name is Alogoligi Mawo Mawo in Oyibi. He says, whoever Ateta decides to sign... I'm solidly behind him. So, hey, I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. In someone, say, trust. someone say he's not going to watch yeah. him. Some to, uh, yeah. And somebody so, says he... Look at what John is saying in the next message. John says that we, the Arsenal fans, don't ever, ever, ever support this useless Jorginho deal. Never, ever. Wow. Yeah, so it's yeah, very, it's, very it's, strong it's, word. Yeah. You have to understand where they are coming from. Those who've seen him play yeah, for Chelsea... It's the PTSD from Williano. But... I'm sure when they start playing for them and they see what he offers to the club, yeah. most of them who are torn now will come around. So it's one of those moments. You may not be so enthused about Jorginho, but how, how do you I'm feel sure about you come good. I think people are, I think some of the Arsenal fans are overreacting a little bit. Jorginho, oh, he's not a bad... If, if you're an Arsenal fan, yeah. you overreact. See, no, Mudrik, see Mudrik tend to Trossard, 
seeing Joao Felix evaporate no, into the not, air. But that's not, that's not, that's not, you no. see, the problem is Arsenal were delaying too much. And that's exactly what they've done with the Kaiso, Kaisedo deal. Mm-hmm. They are, they are delaying too much in releasing the money. It's almost like they want the player, but they're not ready but generally to release the money. But generally, they But if you, then don't, then don't, then don't, don't be don't interested dare. in the player. Mm. Because if you're interested in the like player, you know you're not ready, you know you're not ready to release the money, then don't be interested in the player. Because you are interested in the player, you raise the players. Fernandez, they are not ready to release their money. Uh, it's the same thing. I, I think Chelsea are ready. I don't think it's necessarily they, they just the same can't thing. do it because of how the, many the, players the, they've already signed. And especially signed. the yeah. financial players, they are trying to find a way around it. Yeah, that's to what massage their fees. Exactly. But it's the same considerations as now. I also think I'm a financial fair, fair play. play. Yeah. All, those, all clubs are considering it. I think, let's be fair to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. They realize that they do need a central midfielder. They've identified it. They went for their first choice option. It didn't work. It didn't work. They've got a, another option. We are hearing that some reports are saying that the, uh, the, you know, the operations are independent of each other, whatever the case is. We all said they need a, a backup to party. Yeah. They've gotten one. So let's be fair to them. Yeah. They've addressed that whole. Is he the ideal player for me? No. But they have actually done something I wanted them to do. Mm. Let's, look, let's look at the backups. I, 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 I think... I think it's not a bad deal at all. Yeah. It's actually not a bad deal at all because you are looking at someone who when, let's say, you are winning a game mm-hmm. and you need that stability just to hold on yeah. to the lead. And, He's and your you would, perfect guy. And this is someone you would actually need when you are 10 games or a few games left mm-hmm. in the season where it becomes... Arsenal have not won the Premier League in a long time. Yeah. This is someone you, who is begin used, to feel the pressure. Someone who is used to winning. He's mm-hmm. had he's had experience in the Premier League. He's had experience he's used, he's used winning, winning the Champions cups. League. He's not used he's to winning the league. He's a different vibe. I'm not talking about vibe. the Premier League. I'm saying, but he's, he's still never won a league title in his career. It doesn't matter. He still has experience he's still winning. Mm-hmm. He winning, still has the, experience. winning cups and winning leagues is different. But so, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's the Premier League or not. The nature of the competition matters. He still has ah. The Champions League is a very big competition. It's a knockout he competition. Won, he, and he has still been able to win it with his team. Knockout. That's a lot I, of I, 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 I think winning he, is winning. Yes. I, I, I disagree. I disagree. So, okay, you, you let, let me finish this my point. point. Whether you disagree or not, let me just finish my point. He has experience in winning. And this is someone you would actually really need when, it is, when it's getting to that business end of the season where you need cool heads. And that's one thing Jorginho has. He's very, he's able to keep things cool. He's not someone who you would be nervy or try to rush and, you know, cause problems. Yes, he makes a few mistakes once in a while, but he's not your, your typical, um, midfielder. He's not a party who will progress the ball forward or who would try to, um, retrieve the ball as many times as, as party, but he's someone that's, when you need to be stable, you get that. And that's what Arsenal need. They don't need... He, he's not Kaiseido. He's not Party, But he's, he's something that they need at the moment. Hmm. And that is exactly what they've gone for. Yes, Kaiseido, they were asking for £80 million. Pounds. Kaiseido, and they were not ready to pay that. Maybe later on they'll get Kaiseido. But for now, that's why the, 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 the deal is 18 months. Yeah, Clearly, this is a short-term thing. It's not anything for, for the long term. Now, yeah. let's look at the options... If Pate is injured for us now, Lokonga and then what? El Neni, right? Who is now injured? I think that Jorginho comes ahead of all these two players. Mm-hmm. Lokonga has moved, I think. Yeah, he, yeah, he's on the verge of moving now. Yeah. No, no, he's joined Crystal Palace. He's joined Crystal Palace. He's moved, yeah. The key thing is this. For you guys who are having Lokonga and El Neni as Pate's backup, 
and now getting a slight upgrade in Jogino. I think it's a good, fa- it's, a, it's a very better deal than what you guys had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's all the, and honestly, there's I, 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 I mean, this, this yeah. point about Jogino being a winner. Look, I don't, I don't, we all sit here and yeah. say things like, sometimes you just need to win an FA Cup or a Carabao Cup to get your winning juices going. I think Jogino is a winner. He's won, yeah. he's won the Euros, he's, Euros he's won the Champions yeah. League, he's won the Club World Cup. It's sometimes, it's just having the presence of somebody who's won any of these things in the room to tell you that, you know what, calm down in this moment. Mm. I've been here in a game like this before. I can I can tell you what will play out and what will not. So I, yeah. I think they get a good and, player. And, even, and even also, um, looking at the way Arsenal, their midfield is set up, most of their midfielders move up the pitch. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jorginho who barely moves up. He stays in this position, which is a good thing because if you are attacking, if you are moving forward to attack and there's a counter-attack from the other team, he's someone who is there. He's not moving, so he can easily help to retrieve to retrieve the ball. So I think it's a... It's honestly, a deal, it's a deal that a, makes sense yeah. for us now. Well, Hamid from Medina says, I was not enthused at all, but well... I trust the process. I'm in no position to doubt Ateta. Smalling from Winkogo, he says, uh, Ben, Cancelo was sold because of attitude. It's not about form. Pep, Pep is the best when it comes to managing players' form. Uh, we have seen Walker out of form and manage his way back in the team, but was linked to any club. It's simply attitude. Pichichi should stop the argument. <laughs> this one is from Gary Olonka15 from Kaswa. You put your names again. I just love your Don't Call Me show. Thank you very much. Ni from Adabraka says, My club is signing... At a snail's pace. By the name of these players is what marvels me. Tank twisting names. So anyway, what can I make be? You didn't say what your club was. Anyway, it's a United fan. When you, hear, when you see that ending. Uh, Nana yeah. from, from Kwashiman says that imagine last season, Man United fans were saying Fabino is the best midfielder we need. But fast forward this January, <laughs> Marcel Sabitza is exactly the kind of midfielder that the current Liverpool team is. The irony is lost on me. Um, Austin from Ashima says, Susu and Pichichi playing down the signing of Sabitza makes me laugh. We heard the same thing when Ten Hag signed Ericsson. Talk is cheap. Here no we did. Uh, Pichichi will be a, a very bad manager. I think you are, you are making reference to <laughs> his See, um, you know Cancelo issue. Is, I'm seeing a lot of Man fans start complaining about Ericsson, his lack of intensity on the ball. Because for me, if he was playing playing in a double pivot, is not where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's helping you progress the ball, but Casemiro is doing his defensive work for him as well, and that's part of the problem. If Casemiro is not there, I don't think Sabitza and Fred or McTominay can hold the midfield. That's the consideration. If he plays with Casemiro, like Coach was saying, it shouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But are you expecting Casemiro to play every game until the end of the season, whilst they are still in four competitions? Mm-hmm. Mom, ben, let me yeah. just clarify my thoughts on, <laughs> on, 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 on the cancel of this. See, you, have, you, have, see, you have 20 seconds. Exactly. This is my point again. If you are a player and you lose form and your coach wants to send a message to you, mm-hmm. I think this is not the first time Cancelo has been benched. The likes of Kawaka played ahead of him. The likes of Zichenko played ahead of him. He was okay. Now, when, I'm sure when he looks at those that have been chosen ahead of him, clearly the message that Pep wants to send across is not the best. Rico Lewis shouldn't be the one to, you are not, to be used ahead of him. Who are you to tell the manager what kind of messages you send it to you and Pep, what mode you should be Pep using? Pep has fallen out with so, much of his, so many players. And, I think that and he's still winning. Yes, oh, he will win. From Yaya Toure to, to Samoleto, we need to look at his attitude also as a coach. <laughs> Sometimes he goes fair, overboard. Fair, fair yes. enough, fair enough. Are we questioning Pep Guardiola's attitude as a coach? 
I would say I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Which successful manager has not has not been ruthless with his player? Look at what happened with um Roy Keane and Manchester United. Roy Keane was Manchester United captain. He overstepped his boundaries. He was talking too much. He disrespected their club. They got rid of him in like November. Yeah. Have you heard of a player being sacked in November? A whole club captain. Yeah. Ferguson was never afraid. When David Beckham was one of the biggest stars in the world, he was acting up. They got rid of him. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the train kept moving. The train kept winning. Mm. So I think if you're a manager, he has to be able to take ruthless decisions when players rock the boat. Because it's a respect thing. Because yeah. once you let one player's disrespect go, you are setting a precedent. Everybody's disrespect will go. And in the Man City case, when you have players who are always in and out of the team, if you let Cancelo's attitude fester, Laporte will be next. Mm-hmm. Bernardo Silva will be next. Hmm. Julia, you know what I'm saying? We've not gotten a full story as to why Cancelo was doing the ball. That's the full story. The manager cannot always be right. That's the very truth. The manager cannot always be right, but your boss is always right. Let's go the Chapter on Cancelo close. Let's go. It's not about whether you're always right, but you don't argue with your boss. The manager cannot always be right. Let me read more messages. Machiavelli from Adenta says the whole idea of Jorginho is really bad. Uh, I said this whole idea of Jorginho is really bad. See, Mudrik for Trossard is perfect for me. But Kaisedo for Jorginho, man, they should have uh, maintained Lokonga. Wow, that's how serious it is. That's not wow. Richmond says that if we haven't watched Jorginho before, then it's a good deal. Or maybe signing him during the start of the season would have made sense because he could have improved but here is Jorginho we have watched during the start of the season. Gets run past like he's a mannequin. No movement or anything at all. Charlie, let's in pain me. This one is from Gabby from... Say, Charlie, the guy did like mannequin. What? I can't believe this. Gabby from Tema says, J5 going to Arsenal makes business sense for Chelsea. After all, he's going to... He's going free at the end of the season. Tactically, he's good for Arsenal. Money-wise, he's good for Chelsea. Win-win. Uh, Jay from Bema Camp says, As a Bayern fan, Cancelo is super business. We needed crosses off the ball and we got one. Secondly, we can't play out of the back because Pavard is a liability on the ball at right back. So, Bayern fans giving you yeah. their, uh, their mind there. Adam from Kaswa says, You guys have forgotten Andre is an LFC fan, eh? He will go there. He will go there to Everton and get them relegated to make <laughs> LFC happy. Charlie, what is this? Oh, conspiracy theories. Emmanuel Rock Documenta uh, from Benkum SHS says, Please talk about my club, Barcelona. Why? <laughs> Barca, Barca, Barca. Um, Gordon from Assessor says, Any transfer news for Real Madrid? Well, Real Madrid have not done any business uh, this window. No, Florentino Perez yeah. is not a fan of January. Work. Yeah, he's not doing any business. Umar from Tema uh, says that next month Man United will be in the title race of the Premier League. Um, this one says, Fulham close to uh, finalizing loan on Cedric Suarez. Sabitza has never been a winger. Well, uh, I'll, I'll ask you to check transfer marks. I, no, I think I've actually seen Sabitza play on the wings a lot of times. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the stats for it. You know, so yeah, that so you pull, can pull that out for I'll, us. I'll just give you the stats. Yes, so. Joe from Teshi says, "Hey, so no one is coming to ask of Phil Jones, not even see how he's doing. Then how will we get rid of him? Yeah, oh, I think get... I think you should be used to the fact that Jones will write out his yeah, contract. Let me give you Sabitzer's stats by positions. Okay. Play. Right winger, one thirty-five games. Mm-hmm. Central midfield, eighty-five games. Uh-huh. Left wing, fifty-seven games. I think that ends. Second striker, forty-nine. Okay. Center for a thirty-nine. Thank you. Before we go down to defensive midfield, eight. Okay. Yeah. So he's played on the wings before. In fact, he's played. He's played most, most of his, his career, career on, on the wings. Yeah. Julius says that 
I'm wondering why we let Jorginho leave when we haven't found a replacement yet in the midst of a midfield crisis. Adnan uh, from Medina says Cancelo made City lose to Liverpool at Anfield this season. Um, John Absen Ado, aka Network from Pram Pram, says good evening. Jorginho is cut. a good move. Rita, let's talk about Hakim Ziyech from PSG, from Chelsea to PSG. It's supposed to be a loan move. It's still being worked on. Um, quick thoughts on that. Uh, looks like Ziyech's time is really coming to an end. Yeah, um, look, he's really, really struggled since joining Chelsea back in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Frank Lampard, uh, was the, he was the first, uh, he was Frank Lampard's first yeah. signing, um, when he, 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 he became Chelsea uh, manager and he's really, really struggled since then. The, the, the ZH we knew from Ajax is not the ZH that we've seen at Chelsea so far. And mm. he's, he's not, he's not even, he's not even reached half. Mm. Of that potential. And then when he pulls on a Morocco shirt, he's a different player. Exactly. Um, so he's really, really struggled at Chelsea. So I'm not even surprised that, um, he's looking for a move away. And especially now that, um, the team has brought in Mudrik, they've brought in Noni Madweke, they've brought in Joao Felix. I mean, they are sending you a message. Yeah. You just know that you are going to get, even without these players, Mm -hmm. he had limited playing time already. So, but these players coming in now, it means that he's just going to get more and more, um, reduced playing time. And so clearly he wants, he wants away. He wants to, to go to a, a team that would, would make more use of him, that would play him, um, more often. And if you look at his, his stats, um, at Ajax and you look at his stats at Chelsea, it's very, very, the, the difference is extremely large. He played 165 times for Ajax, uh, scored 49, provided 81 assists. And then when you look at Chelsea, he, he's played 98 times. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored 14 and provided 11 assists. That, that's a really, really huge difference mm-hmm. in the performances that he, he had for Ajax and the performances he had at Chelsea. So he's really struggled. And I'm sure he's looking for a move away. To try and get back, uh, to try and get back on form and, and see if he can, you know, um, get back that, ZH we saw mm. at Ajax. The ZH that made Frank Lampard go to buy him from Ajax. We've not seen that at Chelsea at all. But when he plays for Morocco, he's different. Yeah, maybe maybe joining his good friend Ashraf yeah, Hakimi will, would, will help him yeah, up- uplift so his form. I think I think I think it would be a good move for him. Honestly, um, clearly he's not going to get any more playing time um, with the introduction of these players. Um, uh, by Chelsea, so I think it's a good move for him. It's a good move away from from Chelsea, and I'm sure mm-hmm. maybe maybe he just needs to be away from from that environment. I'm sure he just needs a new a new place, mm-hmm. and then I'm sure he'll be able to get back on form because he's actually not a bad player there, and he's nope has he, never been a bad player. He he has um, a few times where you know he would just pop up and he'll the show yeah, he'll he show shows what. We know him to be, but he's just never been able to hit the ground running at Chelsea. So I think a move away from Chelsea would be good for him. So I'm all for him um, getting the, the the loan deal to PSG, and I I really hope that um, he'll be able to to do something better over there. Well, let me tell you who's been moving crazy in the transfer window. It's AFC Bournemouth now. Two players, right? Elia Zabani. If you if you watch. Your Europa League, you'd have seen him. He's a Euro- Ukrainian centre back. He's 21 years old. Uh, they've signed him. Really good um, um, centre back, young, very aggressive, very calm on the ball, can pass as well. So, very decent signing. Has gone under the radar. But the bigger one for me is AFC Bournemouth splashing 30 million euros 
on Hamed Traore from Sassuolo. So, so who is Hamed Traore and why is AFC Bournemouth spending 30 million on this guy? So he's, an, he's an Ivorian number 10 and you know the Ivorian players, they're usually very good at dribbling, getting mm-hmm. direct. You've seen Jeremy Boga. Strong guy, strong guys. Yeah. Frankes, we've seen them in Syria. So he's a creative type of player. He's expected to you know, win the ball, progress it, make things happen in the final third. And it's very clear that he was the alternative to Nicolo Zaniolo. Mm. And if you remember, the Zaniolo transfer dragged. Yeah. They finalized Traore before Zaniolo has now agreed to join Bournemouth. Only for Bournemouth term that there's no more money left to sign him. Because mm-hmm. I'm assuming that the money they've now used to sign Traore was looked to sign Zaniolo. Yeah. So it's clear the profile they are looking for. They are looking for a more number 10 kind of someone can play also on the wing if need be. Mm. Drive with the ball, take a shot, make things happen. So it's clear what the type of player Bournemouth are looking for in that and that's the profile they've gone for. So he's a very exciting player. And it looks like there's a 30 million buy option on the loan. Yep. And no Italian clubs, they don't mind a loan to buy. Because mm-hmm. they know they'll get their money. But mm-hmm. like we said, every Bournemouth player, every player Bournemouth buys, you wonder what will happen if they go to the championship. I don't think Hamed Junior Chari wants to play in the yeah. championship. So Yeah, probably has a clause fixed in exactly. there. Exactly. So it's interesting to see how it turns out. But very, it's an in, interesting signing. Mm. But again, with all these signings in a relegation battle, how fast will they hit the ground running? Because for me, Bournemouth yeah. definitely have the worst squad in the Premier League. Yeah. So I'm, I'm liking the fact they are making moves to remedy that. But it will still be a very tough one to stay up. I mean, for those, of, for those who are wondering out there as listeners, just quick thoughts on how a club like AFC Bournemouth have found 30 million to be spending well, on a player. Well, they've gotten new owners for one thing. So usually when new owners come in, there's capital investment and yeah. that kind of thing. And the second thing is the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Bournemouth and uh, Ace now were competing for Nicolo Zaniolo. Yeah. Bournemouth were able to pay the money. Ace now were dilly dally say, oh, can we take him on loan and do this and that? And Roma was saying, no, we want straight cash. Yeah. That should tell you where the Premier League is. Even in the summer, mm-hmm. Leeds United outbid AC Milan for Charles de Ketele. It's only because the player wanted to join AC Milan, mm-hmm. he went there. So when we com- talk about Premier League teams and the financial pool, is there's no contest with anywhere in Europe. Mm. We're at a point where outside Bayern, Barca, Real Madrid, you know, PSG, and a few clubs here and there, no European clubs can compete with any the, the team, Premier League. Any team mm-hmm. the Premier League. And when I say any, I mean the team that's going to be promoted next year. Yeah. And it's going to fin- probably Look finish... Look at how much money Nottingham Forest have spent exa- on transfer. Exactly. Because if you have a rich owner, you know that there's all this TV money coming through. Mm-hmm. You are banking that once you survive, you are going to make the money yeah. back. So mm-hmm. it's easy to do. Let me let me just get Edwin Kwakofi's thoughts. He's just joined us. Edwin, I'm sure you've been following the discussions. Which which of the transfers have jumped out to you? I mean, which one are you itching to get a bite on? Well, before we go anywhere, mm-hmm. we just got to here we go on Enzo Fernandez. Oh! I've been with you. Oh! You mean here we go on Enzo Fernandez? Here we go on Enzo what a way to end the show. Let, let me just check that out. Wow. So waiting for all evening. And we finally got to the biggest transfer uh, in British, British history. In British history. Ooh. Reached right now transfer between Chelsea. Um, clubs running to get the document signed before the end of the window. Finally agreed. Wow. This is this is huge. Well, 120 million euros. 120 million euros. 115 million pounds. I don't see brilliant business from Benfica, you know. They have dragged this out so no, they no, got exactly say, what they wanted. Because they signed him for about 10, 15 million in the summer and they sold him for... From a river plate, right? From, 
And you know, I have to say something right now. Mm. AC Milan were interested in him. I don't know why, why, why they watched him and let him go. But <laughs> yeah, just not thoughts on that. I mean, how big, how big a deal is this? Um, what does it, what does this do for the Chelsea squad? Look, it's massive considering the fact that Chelsea let their only uh, consistently fit midfielder in Jorginho go. Mm. They needed to get this deal done. Enzo Fernandez, as we know, is a fantastic player, really brilliant player. We've seen it uh, for uh, a couple of years at Benfica. We've seen it uh, at the World Cup with Argentina. He's grown into one of the world's hottest prospects. His ability to progress the ball, his passing, the way he keeps it, the way he recovers the ball. Mm -hmm. This is a player that was coveted by the whole of Europe. And Chelsea knew that if they didn't get him this January, they would struggle to compete with other clubs in the summer. And mm. they had to get, get this deal done, yeah. not just uh, to help save their season, which is on the rocks a bit, but to integrate him into a young team that yeah. is looking to conquer Europe, conquer, become the best in the world over the next few years. And I think bringing him now is a huge statement uh, not just in the Premier League, but across Europe, saying that this is we've got the best player, uh, one of the best uh, young players in Europe, the best young player at the World Cup, mm-hmm. and most sought this, after. Everything the most sought after, and I feel that this is fantastic work from Bowley. And I've been quietly. Glad you mentioned you mentioned Big Todd. Are thinking world football? You chose your moment to enter the show to, to come exactly. and, and announce Enzo Fernandez. There was an ulterior reason I entered the show that Jorginho mm. jo- disrespect. I, <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I was burning. I was go, burning. Go, go ahead. Talk to us about why Jorginho is, is a good move for us. Now. Look, and I'm not even capping here. Jorginho is the best yeah, Premier capping, League. But go ahead. <laughs> Jorginho is the best Premier League midfielder over the last five years whose name doesn't end with Oina or Ante. Mm. Mm. So who's the Ante and the Oina? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne and Ingolo Kante. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Just, just wrap it up for us. Uh, we have a few minutes uh, to go. Two we are, minutes we are talking about Jorginho as though he were part of a mid, mid-table club. He's coming in as backup to party. I get it. He's not going to start at Arsenal because... Why change a winning formula? Arteta mm-hmm. has a winning formula. He's not going to just uproot Partey or Shaka yeah. and fix Jorginho. So you it. think he's better than Partey, though? Yes, I think I over can't. the last five years. Well, I'm no, 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 now, 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 now. now, now, now. Right, right now, now, no Chelsea player would make it into that Arsenal. No, no, no. Is he better than Partey now? Right now, no Chelsea uh-huh. player would make it into that <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> team. You know, and that, that is because of form. That is, that is because of form. Purely because of form. I'm saying that mm. Jorginho over the last five years has been one of the best midfielders in Europe. Consistently uh, underrated, but every time we put stats on the table, everyone talks about stats. Yeah. When uh, they use stats, I'm, I'm very Jorginho. No, his consistent stats are just as good as Partey. Cons- consistently, when he's uh, put against players of his uh, of his ilk, Rodri, Fabinho, they've put tried to put every single player there. Jorginho matches and betters them in uh, uh, tackles, interceptions, interceptions recoveries, uh, passes into the final third. 
uh, short passes, yeah. number of passes, passing accuracy. Jorginho betters every single player See, in his position. Yet he is disrespected because he is not flashy. Mm. Rodri can take the ball uh, 30 yards, hit a f- screamer. Partey can do that. Fabinho can do that. Jorginho is best from 12 yards and even then uh, a little flashy, a little flashy there. No one regards the, uh, uh, the, the simple the, guy. The simple guy. Mm. He's disrespected because he is not quick, mm. but he is a thinker. Mm. Mm. He has been he has been the linchpin along with Ngolo Kanti. Preach in Chelsea's success over the last few years. He was the reason why Italy won the US. Oh, okay, stop right there. Stop right there. You guys had your fires. Let him learn. Let him learn. Let him learn. As the glue that kept that Italian mid. Link to the Ballon d'Or. At the point, yeah. Link. Yeah, he, he was, was number three. three. Yeah. He, he was, was number three. number three. Jorginho being number three, yeah. cataclysmic and things on this <laughs> no, show. So the only reason Jorginho did mm-hmm. not win the Ballon d'Or mm-hmm. was because Chelsea fans, you know it's a popularity contest. Chelsea fans who had been slandering him, yeah. they were too proud to go for him, support him fully. Yeah. So they were divided their attention between him and Kante. They were saying, oh, Kante was the best. No, Jorginho, yeah. I, I don't know about Jorginho. He's not that player. Kante was yeah. our best player. Jorginho was the best player, midfielder mm-hmm. in Europe that season and should have been the best player in the world that season. Mm. The only reason he didn't win the World Cup because no Chelsea player wants to go back on all that slander he's received under Sarri, under Lampard, under Tuchel, under Potter. Who else? Georgina has received so much slander and I feel that it's disrespectful yeah. to not to not even consider mm-hmm. that Jorginho might be might be better than Party. To you not be, even consider it is disrespectful. No, 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 no. No, we it's, can't it consider it. It is disrespectful. Points point no, well made. Points well made. To a player who was once the third best player in the world. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. I give it, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I give everybody thirty more seconds to wrap it up. Edwin, Edwin, I think you, your point has oh, been well, well made. made. Jorginho, Jorginho's image has been saved. Oh, so, so you get 30 seconds. Wrap it up. I mean, this Jorginho is the reason they won the USD. They won in spite of him. In the penalty shootouts. He, 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 he was meant to show up. It's the penalty. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anybody misses penalties. Hey, hey, hey. Let me, let me. Jorginho was consistent. 30 seconds. You have 15 seconds left. The one he needed to score penalties against Switzerland, who men are away to take you to a World Cup, he failed again. That's cool, come and collect today. Okay, very good, very good. Pichichi, 30 well, seconds I, to wrap it up. I, I think that I'm happy for Chelsea fans. Yeah. Abemuye, that's how I'll wrap up this conversation. Yeah. Uh, Abemuye, Amaomo, they've done so well to get him. Now, I think the moment they let Jorginho leave, I knew Chelsea were going hard mm. on that Enzo Fernandez deal. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. he's that player, that suiting uh, their team at the moment. Look at what they need. They need somebody who can break the lines uh-huh. and, and somebody who can progress. He can do everything. He can ball. break the lines. He can he, progress. He, he can dribble. He can shoot he, from distance. He can yeah. do everything. I think they have in the next few years they are mm. going to have a phase two of Ngolo Kante's era mm. once again. Although they have a, a Kante in their team now, mm. but whatever they expressed with Kante yeah. before he got into this his chronodistic uh, era, <laughs> now they have a part two of that in Enzo Fernandez. So well, I I'm happy for them. Chelsea finishing on a high. I mean, this is not an acquisition, but the deal between Chelsea and PSG for Ziyech has been reached. Um, it's the deal is in place. It hasn't been signed yet. Both teams will work 
um, to to finally wrap up the paperwork and then um, bring it to fruition. So that's just about <coughs> it here. Guys, thank you very much uh, for everything. We, we heard from uh, Evans of Fortuma, so Pichichi, Susu Graham, Edwin Kwakofi, had Rita Mensa a little earlier, Nathan Kwao joined us on the line. Coach Christopher Nimli also joined us on the line. And then Chris Whitley, uh, Arsenal insider, joined us all the way from England. Thank you very much to uh, Daniels, our technician. Thank you to Bernard Esau, uh, Yao Minta, uh, Adam Kai, and everybody who's helped to make this uh, particular show a success. Thank you very much for everybody uh, who tuned in to listen and to those of you who texted in and joined us via Twitter. It's been absolutely amazing. Tomorrow morning on kickoff, we'll wrap it all up for you on who has gone where. It's been absolutely amazing coming your way with Don't Call Me. My, ma- my name is Benjamin Inketia. I leave you with the iconic Don't Call Me Sick Tune. A Don Dawaso is Don't Call Me Time. A Don Dawaso is Don't Call Me Time.